had that emotional scene with Aunt May where he's like, I I am responsible. Yeah. And Peter at that time, I think they do a flashback to the, the guy who killed Uncle Ben, who we think killed Uncle Ben up until that point. You had two films where the emotion was put on that is what happened. For the third film, for them to be like, no, that's that's all that, that you missed this bit. It is uh, again, that is one of the early instances for me of retroactive retconning. Yes, which I'm championing to be called James Cromwelling because of, uh, because of <laughs> Fallen Kingdom. Because of Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we'll keep it as that for now. Hello and welcome to Two Reels Podcast. I'm your host Liam Reedy. I'm here with Harry Harding and we are talking about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Part of our Spider-Man month here on Two Reels Podcast. And we are at the very beginning of the month where we're leading up to the podcast of Spider-Man No Way Home. And we can't wait to talk about it when it finally releases. If you're new here, Thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you're returning, thank you again. If you like anything we're doing here, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or any socials that you use, and that's at Two Reels Podcast. Now let's get into what we're here to talk about. So, we... I think after the initial reveal of um, Spider-Man No Way Home, I feel like it was it was something that just kind of made sense that we should do all of the Spider-Man movies um, in the month of December when it's releasing. Now it's releasing it's releasing a couple of days early. Uh, no way home in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> where me and Sam were talking about this uh, on a, on a previous podcast. Um, there's been certain things that we've talked about, and then immediately something to do with what we've been talking about has manifested itself um, the examples being um, because we were doing Red Notice recently Sam was the one who was like oh they should do a film with Ryan Reynolds and The Rock and then honestly a, f- a few days later it was like The Rock announces Red Notice mm. coming out on Netflix mm. another one which was uh, Nightmare Before Christmas we were saying how terrible it would be for there to be a live-action Nightmare Before Christmas the same day no. as, as they re- they announced that Billie Eilish is going to play Sally in a Nightmare Before Christmas live-action. You're joking. I'm not joking you. That sounds like something that you and I would would make up. We did. In jest. We did. As a we, spoof. we genuinely did. Me, Sam, and Joe were just like, "Cool, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be rubbish? Because it's such a great stop motion movie." Honestly, the next next thing they'll mm. be they'll be announcing Back to the Future Four with The Rock and Zac Efron. <laughs> I mean, it would only make goddamn sense if it did. And this is another one of those things that we were talking in the group about doing the plans for watching Spider Man No Way Home and doing the podcast so we can get it to you as quick as possible. Uh, and then they re- and I was like, well, I'm going to, because it's near Christmas. I'm going to my parents um, at these times. And then immediately, I checked on Twitter, and it's been announced two two days earlier when we just had the plan down to a T. That reminds me, actually, I need to talk to you about Christmas. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll do it off air. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we we started off this uh, Spider Man podcast for the Raimi trilogy. 
and it just gets into just a bit of a chit chat about like about <laughs> what, our lives. What, what are we doing for Christmas? Our Christmas plans, and uh, you know, our Christmas plans this month. Yeah. Of December being Spider Man, mm. but uh, the, the uh, you know we're doing a whole month's worth of Spider Man mo- movies. That's right. Um, and I mean, I'm having different co-hosts for each podcast, but I have to watch each and every one of them. I mean, I feel I feel like Sam is probably watching them more as well. Joe, yes. I don't think he's probably going to bother. I don't think you are either, which is totally fine. But I, but as the host, I have to watch them all, and uh, it's it's thrown up some mixed results. Um, I can see that. But um, least of all uh, with this trilogy, if I'm being honest. In in that you mean that out of the three. And by three, I mean the three uh, interpretations, in iterations, iterations of, of Spider-Man. This one, you you feel like is has changed your mind the least. Yes, it's the same as it was when you were a kid. Yeah, I feel like um, my feelings, my feelings on this trilogy have only incrementally changed, rather than uh, we, we will get to those other podcasts. Not to spoil it all on the first day, but. Um, there's there was some ups and downs that I will get onto mm. uh, later mm. in the month, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, revisiting these films because I hadn't seen uh, two in forever. Same. I hadn't seen one in a few years. Same. And I'd say, yeah, a couple of years as well for three, maybe like in between. I feel like three is on t- TV more. In oh the yes, UK. Yeah, yeah. It's on. It's on like ITV two every every, yeah, yeah, yeah. every couple of months. <laughs> during, like, on like a Sunday afternoon after Bond. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, do you remember when they? Uh, not to get f- way too far off topic, but do you remember when they showed every Bond on ITV? I'm talking like years and years. I do ago. remember that. Yeah. Uh, that was that was great. I feel like yeah, they they they've still got the rights to some of those Bonds that they showed twenty years ago, yeah. and they're just like. Throw uh, you only live twice up on there. They do. I literally caught the other day. I caught Moonraker. It was like a random <laughs> Saturday afternoon. Yeah. On like ITV Four or something. And it's very rare that I watch TV these days. So it's like when I do throw it on, and there's yeah a nice surprise like that. Welcome then... to the James Bond podcast. <laughs> Welcome to uh... Uh, each and every Bond podcast uh, <laughs> for twenty twenty two. No. Uh, so Sam Raimi's trilogy, the uh, the initial uh, introduction of Spider-Man to uh, mainstream audiences in the cinema. Um, I mean, there was one that I feel like it was it was either a director home video's 1977 Spider-Man. But honestly, I don't think I could put myself through watching it. Um, so we start at the beginning, you know, with um, 2002. Um, I remember the hype for this movie being unreal, and obviously it's it's because we were a certain age. Yeah. But I even think even adults who were fans of comic books or action films knew knew that this was coming out and knew that it was a big deal. Yeah, I can't remember which podcast it was, but I think it was a recent one. We um, very briefly discussed the uh, creation. Of the twelve A certificate by mm, the yes. uh, the the BB uh, FC, FC mm. over here in the UK, and um, Big Boy Football Club. I think, I think someone said, 
uh, that that it had been created as as a result of. Um, oh, I remember it was your Matrix podcast. Yeah, I, I thought it was because of the Matrix Reloads. Yeah, but it, it was, was actually, actually was... Spider Man yeah, yeah. because I remember at the time, and this is going to age me. Um, but I remember at the time when it was announced that Spider Man was going to be a twelve. Mm. Um, I, I was really upset. Obviously, and I think of you know the sort of um, I don't know if it was the studio or the the cinemas. Um, they were like, um, if if we release this film as a twelve, um, we're going to see a massive uh, loss. Yeah, but you're just profit. leaving you're leaving money on the table, aren't you? you Having know? said that, hmm. at the time, I obviously was was amazing, and I, I, another thing as well because um, I think it was before Spider Man when they released Mission Impossible Two, hmm. which I was absolutely buzzing for. So I was a huge fan of one. That was a fifteen. Yes, and I wasn't fifteen at the time, and I was I, I cried. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> because I was I was, obviously I was still a kid, and I was loved Mission Impossible so much, and I couldn't go sit cinema. I was so upset. I cried. Um, shows how much of a loser I am. But um, and then when Spider Man came out, I was like, no, this can't. It's happen happening again. again. <laughs> um, but um, I must admit, I mean. Watching it back uh, the other day... Does uh, it warrant a 12? Definitely. Yeah? I think it's quite violent, and it's got, like, blood in it. It does. Um, it does have a lot of rage. And, and, and you know, death. Um, you know, people get killed. Yes. Not, you know, not necessarily... Well, uh, I was going to say not intentionally, but on Spider-Man's part, but, you know, the Green Goblin straight up murders people. He does. Um, but in there, there's one bit which is in a. I know we will get to it, but um, it is in a. One of them is in a very cartoony way, no blood, but it's it's, it's still oh, kind of like. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. It's um like the the like it was like in Mars Attacks when they get. Yes, zapped. yes, exactly like that. Yeah. yeah, we we will get to that. That is in the first movie. But I mean, still though, I mean, like the the fight scenes are are, are very um uh. Are quite gritty. Well, some some of them are, are quite gritty and 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 bloody. Um, yeah, especially the the end fight, I believe. Yeah, you know? and and I, I think there is I think there is you know probably where that twelve is coming. I think into blood play. does play a part in in the classification. It probably did a lot more in two thousand and two. Yeah, I probably think it a little bit less these days. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um but I, I did maybe it's I don't know but I, I definitely I've definitely seen or read or heard somewhere that um, you know uh, you can get away with having a lower rating if you don't show any blood I don't know what it is about blood mm. uh, that makes it that much more graphic or, or shocking yeah. but you can for example you can have like a stabbing scene but if no blood is shown yes, yeah, you yeah. can get away with that's why there's a lot of action films out there that are like PGs, mm, yeah. You know, like Indiana Jones films. I think are PGs. Not a lot of blood in there. Might be just like you know, like a bit of blood like around the like mouth or on drip. the top of the head. Yeah, just a little, a little scratch. Yeah. Um, but generally, you don't see it. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I I do think it should have been a twelve. Um, uh, yeah. I can't remember. Um, Oh, I, I remember. Um, I once read somewhere. I can't. I, th- I don't who. I don't know who the guy was, but he was the head of the BBFC back in the nineties, and he said that his biggest regret in his whole career 
um, and this is a career spanning decades. Mm. His biggest regret was um, was making uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, a PG. Why? Because it's really violent. It is and quite bloody. Funny, yes. <laughs> I think it. They they were going to give it a fifteen, and it ended up getting passed as for a PG. Um, obviously, again, yeah, motivated by money, money over morals, I guess. But you know, having said that, I was a kid at the time. And I'm I'm glad that they did because, you know, it's Spider Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I must admit, you know, and I'm probably going to get a bit, probably going to get some hate for this, but um, I've never read a comic book in my life, or a graphic novel. Fair enough. I don't really know anything about the comics, so when I do these reviews of movies that are comic book adaptations, I judge them purely on the film. Not on like how faithful they are, mm. which is why I'm a big fan of, of films like V Vendetta and Watchmen that I know some people think are awful or whatever. Um, but um, I feel like with uh, some of those, probably the two that you just mentioned, V for Vendetta and um, Watchmen, only really got a bad rap, like a really bad rap from their creator, yeah, Alan, yeah. Alan Moore, who is famously anti-Hollywood yeah, famously says right. that most of his comic book films are like un unfilmable like un uh, you know unadaptable to the, the medium of cinema mm. and he, he, you know <laughs> Watchmen I really like and Viva Vendetta has only really got better with age I agree so uh, you know when you say people give it a bad rap I think I, think, I feel like it's either diehards who are on Die Alan hard. Moore's yeah. who are on Alan Moore's side yeah. who agree with him and then people who are just like it's a good movie yeah you know so but um, I mean I, I I had watched I obviously being a 90s kid I, mm. I did watch the cartoon oh yeah of course the animated yeah. series so I was a, a, I did have that pre-existing uh, knowledge um, of a spider knowledge of like the the, the villains yeah, and, yeah. and the story the initial the, the initial base of what spider-man's yeah. all about and um and also i was so i was a fan mm-hmm. you know um same with x-men exactly the same they, yeah. that another awesome cartoon from the 90s that i loved and then when when made those films were made and came out uh, around the same time yes i was excited for them and and you know i had i had a, a pre-existing love for the for the franchise mm. x-men another trilogy and a bit to look forward to um definitely here on two reels because it's a personal favorite of our of, of us both great and um I don't, here's the thing i feel like waiting until uh the x-men are introduced into the mcu uh we could be ages before you do that but um i feel like it's probably a podcast that's closer to the horizon than that film is yeah um spider-man uh in terms of the 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 ip itself in terms of it being in films languished in development hell for about 20 years uh in the in the 80s it was batted about with um the most no- noticeable name uh on that list of people who were trying to adapt it for the screen is james cameron Yes. What yes. would a what would a James Cameron uh, Spider Man have actually looked like? Lots of miniatures and lots of gritty hallway scenes. Ah, uh, yeah. I'd, it's it's a yeah. That's funny because James Cameron 
obviously he made aliens yes but he also made films like true lies um and terminator one two so i don't know but i don't know if 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 it if it had come out in in if it come out in the 90s and was directed by james cameron i feel like it would have had a more of a sort of um 90s hollywood action film vibe to it yeah well the 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 only person to have been attached to the role as peter parker was actually leonardo dicaprio Uh, really yeah Yeah. in in his uh, version um yeah, originally he he tried to do such in the uh, in nineteen ninety, with a planned budget of fifty million dollars. Um, I feel I, I, I feel like um, it, I don't think it would have worked out as. I don't think I don't think the um, look. I I am not an advocate for um, for CGI and computer animation. I I I I hate it more than I like it, but. I do feel like with Spider-Man... It is a necessity. Yeah, I don't think it, a Spider-Man film back then would have worked as well. Can, can you imagine a, a Leonardo DiCaprio-driven Spider-Man with Doc Ock being played by none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, oh, do, do, I, um, do you know what? It's weird because... Leonardo DiCaprio is a phenomenal actor and in in my opinion he's probably a better actor than all of the actors that have played Spider-Man but does that make him the right fit for the role of Peter Parker? No, not necessarily. I don't think so either. Um <clears throat> most notably in the script it was to have the finale um happening atop the World Trade Center. Um where Peter reveals his identity pretty much to immediately to Mary Jane. Um, it says here in the, in addition, the treatment was also profanity heavy. So it probably would have been a 12, mm. um, maybe even a 15, uh, and had Spider-Man and Mary Jane having sex on the Brooklyn bridge. Right. So yeah, definitely a sort of gritty nineties action yeah. film vibe. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a very, um, B movie. Uh, the only things I can really feel like uh, it's it's kind of comparable to is like gritty um, action movies, like say I don't know, like Under Siege or something, but with a comic book layer on top. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, like those. They're kind of not at the time they weren't too schlocky. But they are now yeah. um, kind of Steven Seagal movies where it's just all violence, profanity, sex. Yeah. Um, uh, with like barely any plot and just loads of action. I feel I feel like it's that, but with a comic book kind of style slapped on top. Yeah. With Leonardo DiCaprio it, as he's coming up. This would have been pre-Titanic. Yeah. You know, probably, you know, way pre any... Um, he would have been very young. He, yeah, he would have been in. I mean, Christ. I mean, he would have probably been nearer the age than some of the other iterations. I mean, of he, Peter I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure in the nineties, certainly in the early nineties, Leo was was a was a teenager. 
yeah, early, early 90s, I reckon. Yeah. Well, uh, well when did um, What's Eating Gilbert Grape That's come out? That's what I was... Well, that, Cause I, he was very young then. That was early still 90s, a child? I think. And he was... Um, he. I mean, he was, yeah, he was what... I don't, I don't know, but he was very, very young in that. Well, that came out the same year that this was starting yeah. pre-production. Yeah, so... Um, he would have. He, I mean, God, he must have been what fourteen or something. Mm. So he would have been around the right age, probably, to play Peter Parker, closer than the majority of the people who played him, really. Well, yes, if you're. I mean, that's one positive in a bag of negatives to take away from this. But... Yes, I. I mean, yes, I. I have. I have a. I've. I have a, an opinion about that. Right. But um. But yeah. Yeah, are you thinking it's not a good idea to have someone play the exact age of sixteen? I, I, I don't for a high school. I think it's better, and I know I'm biased, but <laughs> I think it's better to have older actors pretend that they're teenagers because then, in the, uh, in 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 the the continuity of the film and and the film series, they Grow as characters can get older. Yes. Whereas if you cast someone who is age appropriate, then that you know it, it, it's going to be years before they get to, you know, like if you if if you want to like a few few movies down the line, let's say you want to you want to see a grown up Peter Parker who's in his thirties and and is a is a is a you know a, a fully grown man, which they haven't done yet. You'd have to wait hmm. for literally. You know, yes. twenty yeah. years or so. You know that. I think it's better that to cast older actors, like they do in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Controversially, I agree um, because uh, not to get too ahead of myself in terms of what we'll be talking about over this month, but the the MCU Spider-Man, the fact that he hasn't really aged, mm. hasn't really progressed in his life to a certain extent is is quite just annoying it feels like it's treading for so so familiar ground yeah um that i'm just like well this is a this not it's not a waste of three movies but it's a waste of progress that could have could have potentially happened yeah over three movies yeah. like this trilogy yeah and and i know i don't wanna, i don't we're not, we don't want to get into it but um also with the the trouble with the MCU that has is that everything that happens in every film is canon. Mm. So every single new uh, plot development, no matter how small or big, uh, matters and will affect everything. And the biggest one, obviously, um, that jumps out to me is uh, the, um, what do they call it? The blip? Yes. The five-year... Gap, yeah. gap where uh, after Thanos is um, snap, um, and you know obviously Peter was one of the people who uh, disappeared, and so when he came when he returns five years later he's the same age, mm. so he's still uh, the whole the rest of the world's moved on five years he's still you know a, a high school senior. I mean, how long is he going to be at high school for? This is what um, this is what I was. When's he gonna yeah. When's he gonna When's he gonna graduate? When's he gonna go to college? When's he gonna get a job? Well, when he wants to play the the MCU Spider Man for as long as possible, but I I just think that dragging it 
by having it it three movies deep yeah i know i know being uh, infinity war and endgame have stunted the growth of characters yeah as much as i enjoy um the the movies especially infinity war we'll get to that at some point um it it has in retrospect stunted those who who did get um snapped who did get blipped but um yeah, I think I think like there is progress over these three movies, which I don't think you really got in the other two iterations. And the the thing I like about the the uh, Spider Man, the first movie film, is um, is that yeah they start in high school, mm. but it's literally their senior year. Yeah, and they're and about within, to graduate. within about twenty minutes of the uh, the film that they they graduated. Mm. And that they're going on to, uh, you know, to to other other things, things. Yeah. And Peter's still at college during the rest of the 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 um, trilogy, but you know that's just a part time thing. He's also working and doing other things, and going out into the world. Yes. Um, which I think was a great idea, and maybe that was only the only reason they did that was because of the actors' ages. But I think it was such. That was a that was a genius stroke of um, uh, of of story writing to have rather than set have them be in high school during the 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 whole film yeah to have them graduate from high school straight away because that restricts them it does yeah you you have to graduate from high school and there's there's you know there's they can do anything mm. you can do anything it's you literally can go, like, any, if... go anywhere. Yeah, if they were to be in high school for the majority of the film, which that you know, Tom Holland's is, um, is it basically it does restrict you to being like, well, he's just like skipping school the whole time. Yeah, someone would be so suspicious, and then yeah, you, know, you wouldn't get away with yes. it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and uh, it was perfect. The, 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 uh, the Toby Maguire's Peter Parker, he got his powers at the perfect time. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, you know, end of high school. You know, has to think about the future. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. he's he's like, oh, I'm not. I don't know what I'm going to do for a job. Yeah. Um. Whereas, you know, even uh, even Andrew Garfield's. I don't even remember what he does. Um. Oh, I've only seen those those. Two well, I, I don't ones. remember, like, because he does graduate at the beginning of the second one. But I'm just like I. I don't think there's really much. Um, you Does know, he become an investigative reporter. No, or something. No, no, no. He, but but I'm just like that. That doesn't come up in that uh, in that iteration of Spider Man. It doesn't come up where he's like, I'm worried about like where I'm going to get money to live. Well, Whereas Peter Parker in this one is like ferociously poor. There's like, so many things. I mean, so many things that about that that. Uh... The, the Peter Park character that um, that I want to I want to dive into, mm. um, but um, I tell you what, when we watched that, when we sat down to watch that uh, first film, mm. um, the first thing that struck me immediately was uh, how fantastic uh, Danny Elfman's score is. It's it is iconic, I think. It's, I mean, uh... and you got to remember Danny Elfman. Um, he wrote the score for Batman, mm. so he's already done one iconic superhero superhero score. theme tune. Yeah, which, in my opinion, 
is is just as recognizable and iconic as the Superman theme. If you're a Batman, if you are a super uh, Batman or Superman fan, yeah, yeah, you hear you hear that that uh, that Batman score, you immediately know what it is. Exactly. Um, and then he goes and writes another one, which I, th- in my opinion, is just as recognizable and I think now quite iconic because I think it's quite hard nowadays um, to write a score for a superhero that is instantly recognizable yeah and 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 associated with that character i feel like um the hmm so the 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 spider-man score the theme the spider-man theme yeah specifically not just the score the score's good but the theme specifically Uh, yeah i I, yeah i do sort of specifically mean the theme. yeah i feel like there are lots of good ones out there there's only, I believe, maybe two or three since that film that are even slightly as recognisable. Mm. One that's actually just for the Avengers, so it's a group of people. It's not necessarily yeah, just for... Yeah, I know the one you mean. For one. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is Hans Zimmer for the the Batman. Controversially, I actually agree with you. Yeah. Uh, that that the, his... Um, his... Uh, Batman Begins theme. Yes, is in. They is use iconic. it throughout the whole trilogy yeah. for a reason because it's so fucking good. You don't but, replace but, it. But notice how how rare that is. Yeah, Con- they they've had one every ten years. Um, considering how many comic book films there are. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I genuinely do believe. I think short of um, short of um, John Williams's uh, Superman theme and Danny Elfman's own Batman theme. I think the Spider-Man theme is like th- number three. Yeah, number three. Yeah, in 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 comic book adaptation theme tunes. Once again, controversially, I have to agree. You know, um, so rare for us to do Which so. which which uh, f- amazingly, yeah. considering he's sort of thought mainly thought of as being sort of um, associated with Tim Burton and and sort of gothic hmm. uh, uh, horror sort of inspired films, makes Danny Elfman the ultimate superhero. Uh, he gets so much. Uh, he gets so uh, much bad, um, not bad press, but he gets he gets like the piss taken out of him a little bit. Um, Danny Elfman, mainly by Family Guy, I feel, but um, and you know people with that same sense of humor for for having like a an almost like overly uh, unserious, jovial kind of you know whimsical but then like sometimes dark kind of like music yeah but things if 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 you're a massive uh if you're a massive music um and specifically movie music dork like me you will notice that a lot of these composers have a very similar style yes you listen to john williams um you know he's probably he's considered quite quite rightly probably the greatest film composer of all time a lot of his scores sound very similar because hmm. he uses the same sort of sort of string based big um orchestras and a lot of these composers um Hans Zimmer Danny Elfman John Williams they they do they have a style yeah of and so their scores do sound the same but I like that hmm. because sometimes you sit down and watch a film you can you can instantly recognize who the composer is you yeah. think oh this is a Hans Zimmer this yeah, of course. Tell. Yeah, you can, you know, or or this, oh, this is a, you know, this is Danny Elfman because it's got that sort of 
um, fantasy, sort of gothic-y, fant- fantastical uh, sort of uh, feel. But yeah, I just wanted to do a shout out because I feel like um, I feel like uh, uh, film composers and scores often get overlooked a lot. And um, Danny, yeah, Danny Elfman's one is great, and um, it's it is. You say like obviously he did do um, Batman. Did he do Returns as well? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, after that, I think it was game over. But um, but they are they are diff they are like wholly different mm. because they are two different very different decades late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. compared to like turn of the new millennium he hasn't he hasn't gone back to the well to do you know oh it's a batman theme but it's about it's about spider-man do you know what i mean there's no there's no connotations there with with batman cat you can hear similar um takes but it is uh so different that you know, it's you're not thinking about Batman when you hear the the theme. No, it's holistically Spider Man. I agree. I agree because when you listen to the Batman theme, it's dark and moody and atmospheric mm. and and um and sort of uh sort of powerful. When you listen to the Spider Man theme, it's a lot more strings. Yeah, and it's more it's, makes sense. Um, it's more sort of um sort of hopeful but also kind of regretful and 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 it, it goes in and out of being of sounding like heroic and inspirational and then going into a sort of more melancholic yeah yeah tone which perfectly sums up the sort of um the, the, these films the origin and, of and, Spider-Man and, and, well, yeah. and you know Spider-Man Peter Parker his struggles um so yeah great theme tune and as soon as it you know as soon as you hear that um that opening um the, the opening bit of the of the theme, uh, I can't remember how it goes now. like a bit of like there's a bit of like is that like a bongo it's like yeah or whatever it is maybe we'll play it and the fact that they do it over the the three films it doesn't change yeah the opening of the movie doesn't change as soon as that 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 sony logo appears you just hear the yeah, it has a, like a rising in a violin, I think, yeah. or a, a certain string. Instrument. And you're like, oh, this is it, like. And then it's like, and then then they have like the 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 like the web string go like where it's like really zoomed in. They don't do that anymore. They did that for X Men as well. They don't do that anymore, and I I don't know why because I really like that. I feel like they don't do it because it's cheesy. Oh, the the opening to um these spider-man movies um as well as the i think this it, it happens in i think the thir- the first two x-men films yeah. 
where it's um it's all like graphics. Yeah, graphics. It's uh, Webs, it's all graphics to do with, with pictures to do with what film you're seeing yeah. as well. Like obviously Spider Man's is all webs and then like yeah. the X Men one it's is DNA. all like Yeah. Yeah. God that, great. that they are great openings to movies. They don't make them like that anymore. They don't make them like they used to, say two old men. Um <laughs> so oh, I'll tell you what. Um but no, as soon as soon as I hear that music, I'm I'm do you know what I think? I think I'm going to dig on this. <laughs> um, so the first movie released in 2002, um, I, I touched on it a little bit. The hype for this was was quite unreal. Um, and I, I pretty much... Is this is this the, the perfect origin story for a superhero? Is it the blueprint for origin stories of superheroes going forward? I think it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think um, I look at I I there are two other films that come to mind that I compare it to, and that is um, Superman and uh, Batman Begins. And I feel like in you know in Superman he he grows up he's a teenager he travels to uh the south pole wherever it is finds the fortress and then he finds the green crystal and then he just sort of um turns into christopher reeve and flies towards the camera in the suit and that is it they just sort of skip um and then in batman begins i feel like it gets dragged way out for my liking. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't become Batman till like 40 minutes into the film. Whereas in this film... Which is not the most egregious time it has taken for a superhero film, but I understand your uh, your logic of being like, can we just... Yeah. There are... Here's the thing. I, I agree um, with... Especially with Superman. Like... Yeah. There is, there is no like... Um, I don't feel, think there is like a... A decent enough like montage of like him getting from one... Uh, point of being not Superman to the point of being Superman. Yeah. Um. I could, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but I understand. Uh, I I do remember what you're talking about. Um. And with Batman Begins, I I do pretty much agree. But there was enough like. There was enough like teasing beforehand, just about to keep me going. Mm. Um. It's again. It's not the most amount of time you spent waiting for someone mm. to become the hero um i feel like there's a couple of mcu movies where it just it's over an hour and you're just like well i've just wasted my fucking hour. yeah it's basically the whole movie mm. that, that they spend yeah. becoming the hero and i'm just that, that they do that i feel like because they've got the parachute of being able to say well there's another movie there's going to the be MCU yeah well, out, there's so. going to be another three or four films so i think with this is um it is just so. Uh, this is something I said to you post uh, we first we we uh, watched uh, Spider Man one. It's so lean. The movie is lean. There is nothing that you can cut, and it's not overly long. So much so that you're just like, well, he. It starts off with the the origin because they're on the field trip. Yes. Then he's within what? It's like ten minutes, maybe even less, yeah. maybe even eight. Yeah. He's already been bitten by the spider. Yeah. You've got uh, it is a little bit um, 
it's 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 a very it is a very quick kind of like you know even then you kind of know who spider-man is yeah even though it's it hadn't been told in cinema like three four five times by this point you know i don't through just public consciousness through the the lexicon of fucking uh entertainment you know who spider-man is Mm. so although they were like well you have to do an origin story it's literally the first time in cinema we've been doing it you you'd be remiss to just skip that and it would just not make sense but they they were like it's just gonna be bang it's just gonna be bang it's just gonna be bang it's just gonna be he he gets bit he's at home and he just like his body's just changing freaking out he gets up he does the, the the he does the thing where he's just like holy shit i've changed and then it's just like onto Peter Parker's like problems, and then it, you know like it's just it, there is no like waiting around. There's no there's no real cliches because at the time there there wasn't many comic book origin stories, so there wasn't many tropes mm. to be like retreading. You know, like the the one I think that um, I might have discussed with you, it might have been Sam, was the one where. Uh, it's it's been in at least three four other films where they're like i've got powers now and i'm really strong so i'm like i'm like making a mess everywhere um it happens in andrew garfield's one it happens in x-men uh, origins wolverine less said about that the better you know where it's just like oh i don't know how to work this like my body's a bit of a fucking weird thing now sorry i i didn't i that last uh, film, you said, I, I don't know what that Not is. Not seen that one, though. I, I've never heard of that before. No, nor have I. And, uh, you know, so it goes, you know, X-Men 3 and then The Wolverine. Correct. Yeah, sweet. Um, so, yeah. So it's it's all, it's all very much well, it's all very well done. That's just... But it doesn't, at the same time, it doesn't feel rushed. No, no, not at all, no. Um, you know, you you get, um, you, it's, it establishes the character's uh, Peter Parker, Harry, MJ, Aunt May and Uncle Ben, uh, Norman Osborn, they all get established very quickly. All within very 15 well. minutes. And all the relationships are established in, in, in the small sort of um, dialogue uh, and, and exchanges of dialogue that, that they all have. And um, yeah, and, and it doesn't feel rushed at all but it really it really is quick yes and that is uh that that is um that is very good i mean uh, like you say we we have the um you know we have a literally one scene at high school where he catches the food on the tray mm-hmm. um uh, can i just say as well that that was all um that was all real apparently what that was an actual that was an actual take what him catching that stuff on the train? That's crazy. Was, if that's true, yeah. But I don't. I what I'm saying. I don't think they actually went from. Oh no! Yeah, the, yeah. I know. Like, yeah. I'm sure people were just dropping it. Yes. Yeah. But he, that was actually him catching the stuff food. on a plane and trace. He did also. Apparently, they like stopped filming for three months. So when they you know the scene where he wakes up in the morning and he's all muscle. Buff. Yeah. That's just he 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 trained to put on the. The, the muscle yeah so again it's all that's all sort of real it's not like um cgi or of course or, yeah um, well, yeah i don't um, th- i don't think cgi in 2002 2001 would have been very good if they just tried to put cgi muscles on him yeah. i feel that would have looked rubbish um 
But um, if that's true, that is very good uh, in terms of. I feel like I've seen I've seen behind the scenes where it's I, I thought it was like on wires and stuff, but he still he, uh, he still catches it on the trays. Yeah, right? I think that's what I mean. Like it it, it was live, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. It, it was not CGI. It's not fake. Oh, what yeah. they would do these days is let, literally just have him wobble a tray about, and they'd all it, add it in, in front post. of a green screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I th- I do think that Spider Man is like the benchmark for origin superhero origin films. Mm. Um, I think it's very good. Um, it it it's very quick, but it doesn't feel rushed. Um, and you know, he gets sort of, he sort of gets into being Spider Man fairly um, quickly. And like you said, the film is so. Um, compact um that it 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 works you know it's not um it's not too long and and therefore everything's dragged out and takes ages but at the same time it's not it's not rushed um or as is the case with uh some uh comic book movies nowadays they don't even bother doing an origin they're just already the superhero from the start um it's because the, the 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 um the genre is so, uh, let's say, uh, it's a deep pool of water at the moment. So it's, you know, for you to do an origin story every time, it, w- it would get kind of exhausting. Yeah. Um, and I, f- I think um, me personally, um, I- I've reached the point where I've, I'm, I'm probably middling, I'm probably in the middle of my superhero fatigue uh, in terms of, uh, not just the MCU, but just in terms of uh, films in general, cinema in general, just because um, it's been well over 10 years of just the majority of the action films you go see. Majority of the films probably a lot of people see, as you can see by the numbers when they get released, you know, online and stuff, is it's just it is just superhero films. Oh, I know, mate. And I feel like at when I, so when they the MCU started, I was seventeen years of age. So it was I was well into being their target audience. Mm. Um, and they had they had a great a good build, and they have had good films. They've had some great films. The genre has had some great films. Um, but honestly, I feel like we're in a slump post Endgame, which is again, it's, it doesn't matter really which company MCU or not that um. I went to see Eternals. Um, that had an origin story um, because it basically is a complete origin story, uh, and that was fucking trash. Mm. So, um, it was spoiler just, alert for those yeah. who haven't listened to the Eternals podcast. Though. God, it was fucking <laughs> shit. Um, I not mean... to not to get too much onto that, but yeah, the the origin story in a in a comic book movie is so overdone. Mm. That there's an oversaturation. It is now, but, but when back this then. here's the thing: if this was an origin story that came out now, I'd I'd still enjoy it. Yeah. I to be honest, I got my I got my superhero movie fatigue. Oh, here we go. What? No, no, no. I, oh, I thought there was going to be a dark before night b- before the MCU even begun. Really? Oh yeah, I felt like by the by the by the latter half of the noughties, there were so many already. And he was doing my nut in. Um, 
so I uh, yeah um but you know I'm not a, I'm not a comic book that's yeah that's fair enough so, yeah uh, um so that's that um but um yeah man and th- I tell you another thing as well the 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 impact of Spider-Man cuz I I know we were saying that and it's true I think I, I if it wasn't for X-Men uh I don't think the M- we never would have even had the MCU. Oh, terrible! Comic oh, yeah, book films yeah. wouldn't even be a big thing now. Whereas nowadays, it's like the most profitable, bankable genre in 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 the whole of cinema. Mm. But back in two thousand, it was one of the lowest. Oh yeah, uh, you know, and and then X Men came along, which was brilliant. Literally, and- Blade, X Men, and the Spider Man films yeah. are the reason that we have the MCU. Exactly. So I do. So I still believe that X Men is uh, solely responsible for that. But uh, I feel like X Men had a very um, had a sort of uh, a fan base of of loyal fans of X Men, but not necessarily. It wasn't like a big global thing. Whereas when Spider Man came along, mm. that is what I think opened up the world of comic book uh movies to everyone mm. and 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 to you know to 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 hollywood in general hollywood, to, yeah. to, to studios producers and then also fans you know film fans who weren't previously comic book uh fans yes so 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 i think x-men started it but i think spider-man um, blew the doors wide open yes and uh um, so if it, if that if spider-man hadn't been um good it could have died there and then yeah um i have no idea what the action movies would look like right now if there was no uh mcu or you know the comic book movies in in general because mm-hmm. i know there is a range of comic book films you know it's quite tight a range it goes from gritty to uh over saturation but um I feel like I don't know what like just action movies would be looking like. I feel like we'd just still be in kind of um a Jason Bourne mm. adjacent era of just quick cut fight scenes with I mean that wouldn't be the worst thing. I was just going to say this is going to be really controversial. I think it would be better. Do you think so? I think Do you I think Hollywood would be better I, without uh, comic book films or just the yeah. MCU and our current slew I do. I think. I think. I think the quality of cinema now would be better. Very controversial. I know, but but the nineties uh, for me was such a and and actually and the noughties, early noughties yeah. early noughties was such a peak. I feel like that was the the absolute peak of cinema, and you know, and then it started to go downhill. Coincidentally, around about two thousand and eight. <laughs> and has been slowly declining ever since. Yeah. And now it's all sky beams and CGI armies. Got got a point. Um, with um, we've we've said about this um, quite a lot personally, um, but we we are in the agreement that the the two thousands early two thousands um, have spoiled us because the yes. films of maybe from ninety nine and uh, we've already established early on that 99 is probably one of the best years for films and also now yes. kind of in agreement that two around 2000, 2003 2003 yeah 
So, so the period of ninety nine to about two thousand and five, uh, yeah, is is very much like, like you said, probably peak cinema, especially for people of yes, our age. I think so. I think so. I don't think people, maybe people who uh, who were born in the sixties and seventies, would probably say the eighties. I mean, I feel like I feel like that. What I said is a bit harsh. Um, it's not just it's not just the the the, the emergence of uh, of uh, comic book films. I also think that um, technology has played a part in that. You know, um, CGI. Uh, I think as well has has played a part in in the downfall of of uh, of the quality of cinema. Of, yeah, of current cinema. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Um, but yeah, the, 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 that period coincided with you know the uh the first two of the movies that we're talking about today and that's spider-man one and two yes Yes. two very two very standout even in the um in the in in the the group of movies that we consider um you know it's probably like a like a mini golden age yes of cinema i do think it is I do think it's not thought of as as a a golden age, but six years of just like great uh, films. I saw a uh, a video which was talking about um, Men in Black, yeah, um, which just falls out of this category. Well, I I think it was more ten years. I think it was more sort of ninety five to oh five. Yeah, so there's like a decade. Yeah, this video was talking about how. There are certain films that are the Hollywood blockbuster machine at its at its worst and most um, egregious. And Men in Black was just the blockbuster machine getting a few elements together that basically created a really good blockbuster movie. Um, and it's it is hard to recreate that as you saw with like Men in Black Two is mm. kind of like average. Free, you know, that's way out of you know that was just kind of studio cinema at its worst and i feel like it was it is in that kind of uh, bracket that we just talked about um where those years were blockbusters at their best because they got the correct elements and it was just executed so well one of those is the rise of cgi being used in a good way, good. In a good, the CGI is good, but yeah. um, especially for the time where it was used in moderation. Yes, it was good, but it was used. It was good because it was used um, sparingly. Sparingly, it wasn't. You know, the computer animation wasn't great. Some of it is laughable, like in the Mummy Returns. Um, Still love the film, but the film's so good that it doesn't matter. Yeah, and it was only used for that end bit where the rock is like a half scorpion thing. Yeah, well, um, we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, yeah, welcome to the Mummy Returns podcast. <laughs> only, only what like forty well, odd minutes in. Forty this. minutes in, and we haven't even finished talking about one. <laughs> um, no, that's fine. That's fine. But um, we're talking about it as a whole, which is I think yeah. is, is good. Um, but, so yeah, the the use of CGI in this movie, the CGI in certain bits does not hold up at all and the bit in the end where he's swinging you know like the end shot that yes. you know the i heart america shot the iconic bit yeah um that that it looks great yeah 
there, there's certain bits in this. It is a little bit hit and miss with the CGI, but at the time, you were they were just doing it for the shots that they couldn't do with the human actors. Exactly. Like I, I think the, the the one that stood out for me was was where it was the bird's eye shot of of him running, jumping over the roofs. Yeah. And you can so you can te- you can clearly see that it, it's a it's a cartoon, mm. a computer animated Tobey Maguire. But yes. you like you just said. Because he's not in his Spider-Man outfit, so you can't really hide that. And yeah. to get a bird's eye shot of Tobey Maguire leaping up from one New York built building to another, yeah, you can't do that unless it's computer animated. That is true. And you have to use the technology that is available to you in 2002. Mm. The only other alternative to doing a shot like that is to speed up the frame rate. And I, I don't like it when they do that. You notice... Um, the most notable example that's quite easy to tell is say at the like midway between the midway point in Ghostbusters one, where they drive the 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 Ecto one out of the the garage, out of the, the, the hall to and it drives off and everything's just sped up because the car just doesn't drive that fast. Yeah. So when things like that, and it's all stuttery because it's like they've just sped the footage up and the frame rate isn't quite right. That would be the only way to do that shot if you were using Tobey Maguire and it would just look wrong. It would just, it would look dated and cheap. Yeah. So you do have to just weigh up your options yeah. and just go with uh, a CGI. And the shot is like a couple of seconds long. Exactly. But I th- I think I think for the time, um, one... Um, Generally, I think it, it looks good, and mm. you know that certainly um, the uh, the action scenes are um, you know they they I, th- I mean they're for as far as I am aware they're 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 not CGI they're all sort of they're stunt work you know especially that, that a lot of it yeah. that end fight in the, oh, in the abandoned that, um, warehouse where oh that's is. that's majority yeah you know it, you can tell it's not mm. computer animated yeah. That's um, that's why it hits um, emotionally a bit better uh, because it's just like you're not taken out of it by CGI yeah. stunt work computer yeah. animation. Yeah, it's all very gritty. Like their 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 suits are busted up, and you know um, that's another reason why they you, you see their faces so that you can see their emotion in these scenes. You know, it, it's kind of a bit of a it's kind of a bit of a trope with superhero movies that. They're, they're, if they're wearing a mask but by the end of the, the final fight in the film they're, they're, they're all busted up and they take their helmet off because yeah. you have to you know show a little bit more emotion yeah. for the final fight um, yeah they do too much of that now which yeah. is uh, which is kind of annoying takes away from the impact of it like when Michael Keaton took his mask off at the end of Batman Returns that's, that's it was a, such it was a, a outrageous moment. yeah yeah because it was like oh Batman's taking his mask yeah. off now they do it all now the time. Now they do it all the time. Like, Just you, because they want the actor to be shown. To get a shot of their yeah. face, yeah. But, you know, but at least in Spider-Man, they, they do it, they they do it, they only really do that at the end. And, it's and and you know, they their justification of doing it is that it's, it's been, like, burned and ripped. In the first one, exactly, you know. And yeah. in the in the, in the the second one, uh, he, he does it to show um, Octavius that it's Peter yeah, Parker, exactly. someone so who he knows. For a reason. And and yeah. even in I think uh, even in three it happens for a similar reason. So 
you know, you yeah. know uh, it, with Spider-Man movies, it's not just well because the character wears a mask and it's Robert Downey Jr. and you know we're paying him a load of money. Yeah, have him take his helmet off. Yeah, don't like that. It's it's got to have some emotional weight to it. Yeah, Spider. But listen, Sp- Spider-Man One is is just. I think it's just great. It's 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 a great origin story. It's a great overall comic book film. Um, it's it's got a great villain. Yes, a compelling villain as well. I mean, Willem Dafoe is brilliant. I mean, he he's terrifying just just by himself, let alone as the Green Goblin. Him him um, just as Norman Osborn is like, I wouldn't want to fucking be in a room with him no he's very intimidating and yeah. scary um so with with having him as the the initial villain you know we will get on to um you know later in the month we'll get be getting to uh his his return mm. but it is only testament that he returns uh, as as well as um alfred molina that that they they have chosen them as like the main two to to bring back pretty much because they're iconic i know you might be like oh well they're bringing xyz you know there's apparently like they're bringing sandman back and a few others from the amazing spider-man but they haven't featured even slightly prominently compared to you know even jamie fox as um electro yeah hasn't featured um i know there's a there's a trailer coming out today which i'm uh, you know obviously going to watch um, and I'll be saying these famous last words that old Jamie Foxx hasn't been in much material at all and he'll feature heavily in this fucking trailer because that's just how it works in two wheels Um, yeah we seem to manifest shit Mm. Um, but uh, you know they featured uh, Doc Ock and now featuring more Green Goblin because they are so iconic Mm. and they've brought them back for a reason because they are just so great you know Especially in this in this first one, it not only um, has a great villain, but also having uh, this story of Harry Osborn transitioning from you know Peter Parker's friend to uh, eventual Green Goblin in the in the third movie is is a good arc that starts off here. Yeah. So, you know. Um, Having having Green Goblin, it makes sense to have it as the the first villain, and they executed it great. You know, yeah. one of the best villains I think for for a long time after. I completely agree. I mean, um, that's even with having Doc Ock, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock in the second movie. Yeah, I know we were. I think we were saying in the Venom podcast that Venom is like the Joker of to to to. Um, Venom is the Spider-Man, like the Joker is the Batman. But I feel like it's no, it's the Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Yeah, yeah. He is the definitive Spider-Man villain. Um, He's I mean, actually the one I'm most excited to see in the in, the, in No Way Home. Same, and that includes having Doc Ock, and he's like yeah. another personal favourite. But he just uh, Willem Dafoe just edges it out for me. He's... <laughs> His laugh is just iconic. It's great. Mm. I love the the goleming he does with himself. Oh fuck yeah, that's great. Um, Which you know was a year after goleming. Yeah. Uh, in in yeah. oh actually no that no, was the no, same it was, year. It's before because two goleming was two towers. Two towers, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, he's great. 
and and he seamlessly portrays both you know the Norman Osborn and and the sort of uh, Green Goblin version of Norman when he you know when he does that mirror scene. I'm sure that's just him acting. Oh yeah, hundred percent to yeah. the mirror because yeah, yeah. they don't do it. They don't don't do any camera tricks because he's just talking in the mirror and they're just filming it from from each perspective. Yeah. Um. Brilliant, and there's just oh, there's just there's so many themes in this film as well. There's so many story threads as, and and I mean it's there's there's too many to even get into. Um, but you know there's just. As I mentioned before, the the character relationships, you know, like um, Harry sort of has a a a, a, a you know a um, a sort of loveless relationship with his father, and he's 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 you know he's trying to impress him, but 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 it's it's, ov- it's obvious that his father sort of prefers Peter and sees Peter as the sort of son he wish he had because he's like a... I thought you were going to say the son he never had. No. <laughs> Um, but he probably would yeah, would say totally. that, yeah. um, and I'm sure there's some resentment and jealousy there. But obviously they're best friends. Mm. And then Peter sort of looks at Norman as like, oh, he's like the the dad he never had. Yeah, yeah. And because and he's also into science, so it's like kindred spirits. Basically. Yeah, and and this has to be villain. There's they have so to be many enemies. of these little relationships, you know. Um, MJ with she she like comes from an abusive household and that, but she's like the popular girl at school. But she, you know, she she wants to like, um, she wants to like run away and become and become an actress and stuff. But then, but then she doesn't make it and she ends up working in a cafe. Oh God, that that hit home. I can tell you yeah. that. Um, <laughs> you know, and all and and you know, but then obviously then Harry like like courts MJ and ends up dating her, even though he knows that Peter likes her and that and. and and there's just so, and it's just so many. Um, there's so many of these these beautiful character story threads that are developed as the series go yeah. on. Yeah, and uh, it's not just rushed in the movie not to get all. to to get to a point. Not at all. You know, you have to wait for the ultimate. Um, you know, the ultimate arc of Harry becoming Green Goblin. Exactly. Over three movies. Exactly. Some of the exactly some of them don't even pay off. Peter and and MJ don't even hook up till the second film. Harry doesn't become the Goblin until the third film. Yeah. Um, and you know, and this, you know, there's so many of these arcs, but obviously the one for me that stands out, um, and I think one one of, ironically, I think one of the one of the most iconic scenes in the film, um, and it's not even a, a Spider-Man scene. It's the um, the scene with Uncle Ben in the car yeah, outside yeah. the library when he says those immortal yeah. lines that sort of define the whole trilogy. Trilogy, And, you know, everything. They define Spider-Man in general. In ge- I, know, I think they define, they define most comic book films since then. Hmm. That, that mantra yeah. is basically what all comic book f- films and heroes sort of um, live by yeah. now. Remember... With great power comes great responsibility. It is, it is quite poignant, and again, it's, it is iconic because whenever you're watching uh, that scene, you or you even just hear the words, like oh, makes you're always just like Spider Man. You're always just like yeah. yeah, you're always thrown back to it, and um, 
yeah, I feel like that that scene is 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 low key iconic. Yes, iconic. do you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be in the, in a top. It's not going to be in a top ten yeah. against like I'll be back. You know, obviously. But um, if you're talking talking about uh, comic book films, uh, iconic scenes in comic book films, it should be up there. But do you know what I like about that is it's not it's not. It's not um, them in costume. It's not a catchphrase. No. It's a it's a philosophy. Mm. It's a logic, and it defines the whole film and and the whole series, and m- more so than anything else, it defines the character of Peter Parker slash Spider Man, and um and it's it's what that whole f- not only that whole film, but I think the whole trilogy is about with you know. Th- the responsibility of being spider-man having this this gift mm. and you know um the and the sacrifices that 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 have to be made um it's so iconic and it, it th- th- there's a reason that it's still you know uh spoke said today and and it's still remembered because it was it's it just it it was so spot on and also the thing I really like about that scene as well is um I I I really like and I mean I mean it breaks my heart every time, but I really like that the Peter like has a go at Uncle Ben then yeah, he says, yeah. you, you stop trying to be my my father and then he obviously goes off to the wrestling which he lied about mm. and then he um is indirectly responsible for Uncle Ben getting shot because he lets the guy go. Yeah. Um and then he realizes that that was his, his that his sort of pride um about the the not getting paid the $3000 that got ultimately killed. got uncle ben killed and that sort of sets up the whole his whole uh peter's whole sort of motivation um and and um code of yes. of conduct mm. for being spider-man he's doing it for uncle ben He's trying to make amends, and what I really like about that is it shows that he's flawed. That he's a human being. He's not like perfect, you know. It's not like you know. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, fans, MCU fans, but you know, Tom Holland Spider Man. I feel like he's he's just perfect. He he doesn't put a foot wrong. He's funny and charming. He does everything right. He never makes a mistake. Does anything wrong. Um, a lot of superheroes are like this. As or, well. or if he does, that it's it's very superficial. Yeah, a lot of other superheroes are like this. That they're perfect. They're they're perfect good people who never do anything wrong, whereas he this you know he Peter he makes a mistake he lets sort of pride and um uh you know sort of um teenage stubbornness get in the way, and I love that I feel like the whole of the rest of the the his story and the Spider Man films are him trying to make amends for his. For his error and and to do Uncle Ben proud and to not let it happen again. Yeah, and to live up to um, and there's there's another thing in that scene that Uncle Ben says that gets forgotten about um, and it's after that I think after he says with great power comes great responsibility he says something about um, uh, these the uh this is the time of your life where you um decide what kind of man Man you're gonna be for the rest of your life and you can either be a good man 
or you can be a bad man or something. I mean, I'm obviously paraphrasing. Yeah. But it's something like that. Peter, these are the years when a man changes into the man he's going to become the rest of his life. Just be careful who you change into. And that, that, you know, looking back at that, that really rings true as well because, um, you know, I feel like that that is ultimately what Peter's doing for the whole of the rest of the series. He's, you know, he's desperately trying to to um, to, to to be a good person and and do the right thing, um, which I also I can't I think kind of nicely parallels um, Norman Osborn's um, sort of journey. Mm. Because he, similarly to, to Peter, and at the same time, basically, he has uh, uh, sort of setbacks in his life. You know, the company is getting um, sacked from his own company and that. And he also, at the same time as Peter, has a transformation where mm. he becomes, uh, you know, um, a, a sort of... Uh, um, uh, comes basically a super soldier. A, yeah, like a, I was going to say... Yeah, like a, an, enhanced an enhanced human. being, yeah, mm. yeah, enhanced human. But he goes down the wrong path. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Which, uh, which again, I like how it comes that later in the film when he says to he says to Peter about teaming up. Like, oh, we, we should team up. We should be... Um, we should, you know, we'd be unstoppable. But, you know, his... All he wants... He's gone down the bad path, whereas Peter is well and truly gone down the good path mm. because of Uncle Ben's words. Um, and I just think that's that's so good. There is no... I know they they didn't have it because it's been told twice over. But they didn't have any sort of... Anything sort of similar for the MCU Spider-Man. They, they were just like... They no. they did just insert him into the MCU because they got the rights. Yeah. And Sony were like, yeah, okay. You know, it, it is... Looking back on it, and not again, it, this will come up in... Uh, two episodes time or three and it, it, it is just like there's no you know there's no there is no pivotal point where Spider-Man in the MCU makes that decision because of something that happens to him yeah he just you know he does just say it in a in a bit of a throw away line I know because they're not doing an origin again yeah that you know he it was just like Oh, you get these powers, and yeah. you know you have to make a choice about yes. what you're going to do yes. with them, kind of thing. But it's explained in such a bad way in comparison. I agree. There is no comparison. Well, no, because there's only one Spider-Man, mate. Uh, and um, yeah, and you know, and again, a lot of these um, different story arcs and themes, they they some of them get. Uh, um, uh, sewn up by the end some of them don't um this one i really like it you know at the end when when he's fighting um when he's fighting norman and uh green goblin and um norman says to him oh i've you know peter you know when he's like he's pretending to be nice yeah yeah. and he says to peter "I've, i've been like a father to you which is kind of true um but then peter retorts with um i had a father his name was benjamin parker yeah and it's like that's like the oh it's like that's yeah it's so satisfying I, I really things like that I find just um just and then you know the funeral. great details about this particular yeah trilogy 
Yeah, and then that doesn't yeah. often happen. Yeah. It can sometimes happen where there's a good callback. Yeah. Um again, not to keep comparing it to the MCU, but there's not a lot else because mm. it's such a behemoth. Um it can happen. Yeah. And has, but rarely. Yeah. So and whereas, you know, in this it's there's a lot of there's a lot of nice and uh you know, understandable callbacks. Yeah. In this. Yes. You know, it happens. You know, uh, in in this movie, it happens in two. Yeah, it can happen. I think between Peter and Harry in three, where it's like the emotional, um, yeah, there is. the emotional gravity, um, comes out in the the writing. Yeah, and uh, this is the first one of the first examples of like, you know, it feels like the character has actually gone on this journey and it's yeah. actually meant something to them. Yes. Whereas a lot of the time in the MCU, it's like they've gone on this this journey sometimes to like outer space and like out of their comfort zone and like out, things happen to them that have never happened to any human before. And instead of getting something quite um, grounded, you, you just do get a bit of a quip and a bit of a throw it by the wayside. I don't know. I don't know if this is right, Liam. I don't know if this is a, a fair observation, but with the MCU, I just feel like the characters, um, you know, and uh, uh, predominantly the, the the main title characters, I just feel like they don't grow and change. Hmm. Does that make sense? Maybe, except for the exception, maybe being um, Iron Man, because in the beginning he is just like. An asshole who sells weapons to yeah. terror, uh, to well, not to terrorists, but he, he, he yeah, makes weapons so. to 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 kill. Uh, but then it, yeah, it he, turns he, out he changes. I guess it, he, yeah, he changes the majority his, of his changes happen. He changes his morals, but I, I don't. He doesn't really grow as a person. He's still the same sort of cocky, you know, quick-witted guy. By the sort of by in even although I, although you know the 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 famous lines are from Captain America um, are you're not the one to make the the sacrifice play and he's just like yeah that's right and then in the end he does yeah he kills I, himself to, to yeah bring, mate to I, kill yeah I, yeah so I, there are there are certain bits but but you you are right in saying that like the majority of the characters don't like it's just like when I feel like you know in like Endgame. I feel like they're, they're the same, exact same characters with the same personalities that they were in, in their first film. Um, I, can, I can see that for the majority. I can see that for, say, the entirety of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I uh, you know, I like those films. Yeah. They don't grow up as people. Yeah. Necessarily. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think... Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, in case you know, obviously, if it wasn't obvious by now, um, Tobey Maguire's my favourite Spider-Man, and I also think that he is the best. Yeah. Um, I don't just think he's the best because he's my favourite either. I think he's the best because um, his version of Peter Parker um, is, in my opinion, just head and shoulders above Andrew Garfield's and Tom Holland's. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll get in, if I. I don't know if I should get into it now or at the end. But my sort of s- summary of uh, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker as a whole. Yeah, we'll do we'll do that at the end once we've done our, yeah. our nice little out of yeah. fives. Well, what I want to do, what I say is, is that 
each of these films, right, these Sam Raimi trilogy films, uh, for me personally, each of these films have, have like a theme, right, have like an overall um, theme. And I think that it's very apparent. And I think the the theme for the first film is responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the characters are, they're just, they're becoming adults. They've graduated high school. Obviously Peter becomes Spider-Man, learns that he has this, this monumentous um, uh, gift mm. that he has to use for good and to help people. Um, but it's it's so much more than that as well. It's it's other things as well. Like it's just the responsibility of life, um, and uh, and you know um, his responsibility to the people he cares about, like Aunt May and Mary Jane and Harry. So I feel like the overall theme of the first film is responsibility. Um, and... What's the next one? What's the resp- What's the what is the the theme of two? For so for me. The theme of Spider the theme of Spider Man Two is sacrifice. Cool. Why is that? Okay. Well, that I guess that leads us on. To it Spider-Man does, yeah. Two. Well, the reason I feel that Spider the theme of Spider Man Two is sacrifice is because, um, Sp- Peter in Spider Man Two, uh, for me, this is this is what um, uh, this is what this is the film that sums up Tobey Maguire's interpretation of the character as the best for me because he is peter parker is absolutely um selfless we have we have spoke about this there is is no there's no um there's no real like trying to get any recognition even to touch on it briefly even in three when he does get recognition he he's just happy about it. He's not like yeah, about damn time. He's he's just exactly. like I can't believe this. That's why he says they love me. Yeah, but in like a like like he's Spider Man. Like yeah, they do. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, and exactly. it, yeah, in two it is is more prevalent that he is overly selfless. He is so selfless and kind and um, but but um, not to contradict myself, um, but. Do you know? But do you know what? In this film, he's earned it. Yeah, yeah. He's not just because in the first film he had flaws, he made mistakes. Yeah, he wasn't perfect. No, no. He was. He was a. He was a. a he was a dorky, you know, spotty loser in high school, and he he was a stubborn, and he he had let his pride get in the way, and he made mistakes. Like he he, you know, when he goes after the Uncle Ben's killer, you know, he, he so he was angry. Whereas in this film, he's grown into the like like Uncle Ben said, he's grown into the man he's going to be for the rest of his life, and he's um, I feel like in Spider Man Two, he's finally become Spider Man, right? Oh, hundred percent. And he he is so selfless and so heroic, but not in a not in a stereotypical hero way. He's just um, he's like I hasten to use the word, but he's he's so goddamn nice. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> but not in a sickly like uh, way. He's he's just he's a, he is naturally. He's just the perfect balance of just like he's such a good person. Yeah, yeah. And he he just you know like he he's not he's not in your face nice. No, he's, he's just like any situation that comes to him. Any you know, especially like where he lives and like exactly. you know being you know he does, he lives in a in a crummy rundown. 
apartment that with the door doesn't even work yeah he, he he he's working multiple jobs just to make ends meet and until uh he is uh infected in the next movie he doesn't do anything about it does it and he's you know and he's but he can't do anything about it because um i know that they i know that in the honest trailer they they uh not the honest trailer this the um pitch me picture me they i know they make he makes a joke about it but he doesn't make money off of being spider-man um you know he he doesn't use his his powers for any any financial gain any gain he lives a humble life because he is a humble selfless person he does everything everything he does is for is for other people he never does anything for himself he you know um like like in the first film you know he stood by while while his best friend um went went out with with the girl that he was in love with and who his best mate knew that he was in love with but he didn't say he didn't, he didn't say he didn't say he said mate what, what, what do you think you're doing you know what yeah. you know i like this bird yeah what, what, didn't do anything else of course didn't do anything else because still his mate he because he, he cares and loves for both of them and in this film you know and he he was even a shoulder for harry to cry on about mj mm. um which is ludicrous. Without even breaking a sweat. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't, you know, you know, he doesn't tell Harry, even though he has multiple opportunities to, he doesn't tell Harry that, um, that, uh, that, that the Green Goblin, um, killed himself. Yeah. He allows Harry to blame Spider-Man. Yeah. Because he knows that that would be easier for Harry to... Than, than learning the truth that his that his dad was you know a villain yeah so by blaming spider-man it's easier for harry to to live with you know with his father's death mm. so he you know he's doing mind-bogglingly mind-boggling kind of nice stuff things that you don't for even, his friends that, and that you don't even consider no so you know so so for those of you who think oh why why do you know why doesn't he tell harry the truth about that what happened and that it was not Spider-Man's fault it's because he knows that Harry needs to blame Spider-Man so he sacrifices and and then you know in Spider-Man 2 there's that scene in at the party where Harry like drunkenly confronts him and like slaps him around the face yeah doesn't do anything no he doesn't he doesn't he fight back or doesn't react doesn't do anything because he, know, he doesn't fight back at all because he knows he could probably kill him in a punch well of course he so, could so you know um, he stands by where MJ gets engaged to to another guy who mm. seems like Mr. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And even though MJ said at the end of the last film she wants to be with him, he he you know he he says um, we can't be together. Sacrifices that because he knows that she'll just get hurt. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't really change much of what happens. I know I know um, in retrospect you can look back, but at the end of the first film when he's like, no, I can't do it because you'll get in you'll get in harm's way. Yeah, she's literally in harm's way in every movie. Yeah, because of her association. <laughs> I know. So, uh, <laughs> I know. I know the thought is there, but they don't then think. Actually, what we'll do is we'll not have MJ as the the damsel in distress every movie and just do that. No, unfortunately, they don't, and that's um, that... one negative about this yeah. trilogy for me. Yeah, is but... it is just kind of at the end, it's like MJ's in trouble. Yeah, and then something else tacked on. Yeah, no, I I completely agree, and that is unfortunate. Um, I th- obviously I think if they if, if they'd made these films uh, nowadays, obviously they would they would make the effort to 
put in a sky beam develop her character oh, okay. and Sorry. make her less of a of a damsel in distress and yeah, more, yeah, more sort so. of strong and 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 independent stuff yeah. um although i do think sometimes that goes too far to the point of you, you these characters don't they're basically they don't become they're not realistic they got plot armor so thick that but they're, they're not going to die but having said that i don't think that mj's character apart from the whole getting kidnapped all the time and having to need to be rescued by Spider-Man, they do develop her character. Oh yeah, like with yeah. her career as an actress and yeah. her sort of relationships and stuff. She gets a lot more um, development lot of... and screen time about her life and what's going on than a lot of uh, love interests and even true and even like actual superhero characters that yeah. are female. Yeah, like Black Widow. Yeah, or um, uh, or. Lois Lane or or other, yeah. Um, uh, Especially f- Lois Lane from the Man of Steel. Yeah, um, it's like yeah, yeah. We get we get that she's a tough investigative yeah. journalist. She doesn't get any better, worse, yeah. or really have anything yeah. to do. But but there are two. I just want to. There there are two examples of uh, of why of, of, of Peter Parker's sort of flawless, um, uh, selfless. Um, heroism in this film and they're not again nothing to do with Spider-Man mm. um, and one is uh, and honestly again it's another scene that breaks my heart and it's when he he confesses to Aunt May about what really happened on the night that Uncle Ben died and I've I've never I hadn't actually noticed this before but when we watched it the other day I noticed that what I noticed it, I don't, if you remember the scene she is talking about um uh, she, they're talking about it, and she says, "Oh, it's it's my fault. Um, if I if I if I hadn't have, if I I was the one who who wanted him to take you to the library that day. Mm. Um, if I hadn't have done that, this never would have happened." And then it just cuts to Peter, and you just see his face, and he's like, and then then he proceeds to tell Aunt May the truth. Yeah, and you know her reaction is heartbreaking she hasn't said anything he puts his hand on her hand and she just she takes it away mm. and then she just silently goes up the stairs yep and he's just set left there alone and you know she doesn't know he's spider-man obviously yeah so yeah, she, yeah. so for all he knows she thinks that he's like a complete and uh, a dick yeah that he just went to this he's uh, done this just to get a car yeah to yeah. impress mary yeah. jane but he he again he does this because he doesn't want Aunt May to blame herself, so he's again he's he's sacrificing, potentially sacrificing, uh, his relationship with Aunt May for his the only sake family he's got left of her. Hmm. Um, you know, n- not mo- being able to move on and not blaming herself for Uncle Ben's death. So that for me is just like, uh, uh, just it, it, it he's it sh- his it, the merit of his character is so. Is just so um, outstanding. Yeah, yeah. And another example is, um, is it's during the the brief period in the film where he loses his powers, mm. and uh, even then, when he's lost, he's lost his powers, um, and he's he's decided to not be Spider Man anymore. He's hung up his, you know, his 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 uh, his costume, whatever, which I like because. He's a fucking human being, yeah, and a real person. If we, I mean, if, if me and you suddenly tomorrow morning woke up with superpowers, we're still going to be the same people. Yes, yeah. And we, I would, I would get annoyed if I was if I was missing out on things 
going yeah, out yeah, my course. mates and stuff because yeah. I'm always you know out in Welling the streets of Wellingar City saving <laughs> damsels in distress yeah. um, of which there are none <laughs> yeah from, from, from the from the youth, youths who hang around outside McDonald's yeah <laughs> um, but um, anyway and but even then he there's a in a nice sort of um, I don't know if it's if it's deliberate but in a nice sort of callback to the first film I think there's a there's a burning building with a with a baby trapped in there and still goes in he just straight away runs in he, but, but bear in mind he doesn't have his spider powers no. he's just Peter Parker and he says goes, what's going on so, oh the, our baby's in there and he, he just runs in straight away and he runs in and he, he goes in and he saves the baby without without any hesitation knowing that he doesn't have his powers and it's a complete struggle because he doesn't and it's a massive struggle yeah yeah um, but he does it just he just does it mm. and i i just think that just shows uh, such a great testament to, to the only him. thing that does get me about and this is a very minute detail in terms of the grand scheme of things you say he runs into a burning building and uh, gets the the baby that obviously that's so selfless but in in a scene just before that when we have uh, raindrops keep falling on my head, like the montage of him not being Spider-Man. Yeah. <clears throat> there is a shot where he's like walking past someone getting mugged and he literally just like turns around. He literally turns his back to the, the crime and it's just, it doesn't do anything about it. You know, yeah. you know the shot, it's like a, it's like a mid shot of like the alleyway and he's walking past and there's two people beating up someone. Yes. And I... he turns around and yes. he's just like, it is. It's. It's just. It is just like an awkward shot. You're right. You're right. But what I think. What I think about that is. Is I think that. Um, and I, I know that it's. You. You can never be certain. But I. I'm guessing that he. Looked at that and thought. Um, you know. All right. That guy's getting mugged. But it's not necessarily life threatening. People get mugged every that's, day. That's true. Like the scene where he sees the police cars driving past, and he just looks and shoves a hot dog in his mouth. The police are are on it. Yeah. Whereas with the baby in the in the building, life or death, the firemen yeah. are all there. They're obviously they're not going in because it's too dangerous. So I feel like with that, he's just like, I've got no choice. Yeah. yeah. It's just instinct. Mm. Like that. There's like there's this is life or death. That baby's gonna die. Yeah. Um. Also, that montage of, um. Again, raindrops keep falling on my head. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, so talk, I was talking about it with Sam because Sam was rewatching. Yeah, and he said it was as cringy as the dancing. Do you know what I? I, I was watching. It, I was thinking, um, we were warned. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> we should have seen it. You know, like where you're just like uh, when someone, uh, you know someone you've known about or someone you've seen is just like, oh, it turns out they're a bit of a wrongun. It's like, yeah, all the signs were there. I, uh, you know, this this was this was kind of a bit of like that. Well, it was just like, well, listen, well, this is a bit weird. But I don't think it's as egregious as um, I've said that too many times. Well, I've actually, I don't got, think it's as bad. As... I've actually got a theory about the uh, that infamous moment in three. We will we'll get to that. Um, but no, I I know what you mean. Um, is it is a bit schlocky, a bit I, cheesy? It is, but I but think, not overly so. I think that was done on purpose to demonstrate how peter was feeling oh yes 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 um you know because he's like oh i'm in a bit of a rut you know and then Um, and then and then he he quits being spider-man and he feels like the sun has come out yeah on his life 
he starts going to, to classes. It, he, he goes to Mary Jane's play when he missed it before because he was, you know, fighting crime and that. Um, Didn't cry quite as much as he did when he when saw When she it. played Cinderella. When, when, when she played Cinderella. He cried like a baby when he played Cinderella. Um, yeah, um, on that, I know a lot of people take the piss out of Toby for being sort of geeky and w- wimpy and wussy but that's supposed to be peter parker that's but th- that's that that makes him so that what makes him more perfect to spider-man yeah. because he you know he is he is he is a wimpy he is a sort of geeky dorky guy um but you know he it, it makes the whole double identity thing that much more um that much more unbelievable um and again I hate to compare it in the negative because I'm a, I'm 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 more of a Batman fan than a Spider-Man fan, but it is pretty. I mean, it, when you think about it, it's pretty obvious that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker was was too cool and slick and and hey and look at me and you know, a hundred percent. And Tom Holland's Spider-Man for me is too. It's just he's just jokes, it's all jokes all the time and one-liners and doesn't take anything seriously because there's there's an opportunity for a pun here and you know oh hold on a minute hold on hold on dude let me just uh, let me just get this uh, I need to get this from for the gram let me just film you uh, getting mugged for the gram yeah. and then I'll save you and all, it's all this ah ha 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 another pun fucking hell um whereas yeah there there is well, there's, there's comedy in these films don't get me wrong but but it comes from other sources. It comes from Bruce Campbell and and um, um, he's great. His cameos are great. Uh, oh god, I've forgotten his name, and I feel really bad uh, for that. Um, uh, is it uh, J.K. Simmons? J.K. Simmons. Yes. Yeah. Thank. Sorry, J.K. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, he yeah. is. Fa- uh, he's fantastic. You know, I mean, we we haven't touched upon any really of the other side characters, but he is the most standout of such. Mm. Um, that isn't just like directly uh, a villain, yeah. For that movie, he's he's one of the constant kind of that whole office. I think is great. Honestly, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The... You've got Ted Raimi as the sort of um, bumbling uh, sidekick. Is that, his bro- is that his brother? It's Sam Raimi's brother. Yeah. Oh wow, he is. He's great. And you've got obviously Elizabeth Banks as the sort of sassy secretary. As Betty Brant. Yeah, she's yeah. another famous um, character. In the and comics. then you've got you know that you know the other guy the. Um, uh, the African American mm. uh, actor. I uh, don't know what the character's name is. Um, do you know, I've always, I've always wondered this with with him. I don't know if this is a comic book thing, but um, he there's there's some sort of um, weird thing with him and Peter. He knows he's Spider. Does he? Yeah, yeah. I think he does as well because yeah, yeah. That I remember there's a bit in two when when they find the um, they find the outfit and, and he says. And 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 he, he and they're like, oh, Spider-Man must have quit. And he just looks at Peter, and he's like, look, he looks really disappointed, doesn't he? I feel like he knows he's Spider-Man, but that's never ever touched upon. But I've I've always felt that there's something going, something between him and Peter, some sort of secret. Yeah, I feel like he just knows. He, he knows. does. I think he knows. Yeah, but they never really go into why or how. No. But there you go. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, the character's name is Robbie Robertson, which is very much a uh, such a yeah very such a very Stanley Marvel kind of first name second name. Yeah, I feel like Robbie Robertson definitely knows that Peter Parker is. Yeah, sorry for sorry listeners for going off on one there. Um, 
uh, about uh, Peter Parker. But I just feel that this this film out of the three, Spider Man Two, really um, uh, showcases his character, mm. um, and and it this it, it, it really cements why Tobey Maguire is is my favourite um, Spider Man. So the this this Spider Man trilogy has some iconic villains and Alfred Molina as uh, Doc Ock, Doctor Octopus, Otto Octavius. His rendition is just like here's the thing. I, I wouldn't say like oh it's straight out of the comic books. I'd say more like it's it's its own thing, but it's just spot on as a follow up villain post Norman. Post Willem Dafoe, I'd say that they're, they're quite close. They're like on equal footing as like very iconic villains, a in the Spider-Man universe, comic book wise, and b in this trilogy. He's just, you know, a very initially, and I'd say quite a way through this film, is kind of a sympathetic villain. Yeah. Which I know some people might be like, uh, so I know Joe isn't really a fan of sympathetic villains. He's more just like, I want the villain to be a villain. Yeah. Whereas to ground it in this universe, I feel like they did a great job of being like, well, his initial drive is to create a renewable energy source, which is like, you know, a very noble thing, you know, to put your mind to as a scientist. Um, but it just yeah, I know this is cliche, but that and then things go wrong. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this film, uh, does the sympathetic well. It also does the evil villain well. I half agree with you, right, and half disagree. Um, I re- I like the sympathetic villain hmm. angle. Because I feel like when you make a villain sympathetic, you make them um, more human and more, more human. realistic. Yeah, and it makes the, the situation more complex. Because, exactly, mm. every great villain in in every film, uh, well, in every story, you know, book, film, uh, medium, every good, great villain... Um, doesn't necessarily think that they are the villain. Yes, yeah. yeah. They... I thought you were going to say that every good villain is a sympathetic one. No, and I was like, no. well, I don't know if you've seen Schindler's List. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think that at all. But what I do think is that is that really is that great villains don't necessarily be- think that they're the villain. Yeah, yeah. Or even if they're aware that what they're doing is wrong, they're doing it for the greater good. Shut it. Yeah, they're doing it for a purpose, for a reason. Um, so it's either either they know that they're evil, but they think what they're doing is good, or they think that they're good, but their actions are evil. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, otherwise they're just you know Sauron. They're just yeah, an eye. Yeah, they are tower. just Sauron. Yeah. Um, or, or or they're you know um, uh, uh, what was it? Um, that fucking cloud thing in Fantastic Four: uh, Rise, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Surfer. What's that thing called? Oh. oh 
Galactus. Galacticus, whatever. Yeah. Well, that's a, a Galactus is a yeah is a famous villain that is shaped like a human. Or the thing in Fifth Element. It's it's literally just called evil. Yeah, it is actually. It's just, yeah. It's, and it's just a you know what I mean. So yeah. I think I, I like sympathetic villains. Um, and I think that works really well in this film. Doc Ock is a great. I, I like that he. I like that he sort of becomes a mentor to Peter again, another father figure, which is like a theme in these films, and um, um, you know, and, and I like that he that his you know he does the experiment, it goes wrong, and it results in the accidental death of his wife, um, the connection to Harry and all that. I like that. Where I don't agree with you is I don't, I don't really. The, the the evil side of Doc Ock seems a bit. Is it forced? Forced, yeah. It just I I I get that the I I get that the the the, the mechanic the robotic octo arm things be, play a part in that because the his chip gets destroyed. Yeah. But um, I didn't realize until this actual um this watch through. That they have a sophisticated AI in them. Yeah, that I, I, I don't think that's really explored as much. But they're not. But as when, it should. But they. But you know. But when he sort of introduces them, he just introduces them as they're just. They're just literally. Their only function is to help him build the machine. Mm. Not. Not to be like a, 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 a an artificial intelligence. Mm. Um. And also, he switches a bit like Norman. He he golems. He switches between um, between sort of being uh, Otto and being Doc Ock, mm. where he's like, um, he's like, no, um, we we can't do that. It's wrong. But then again, it would the wrong thing would be to not finish the work that we started. So if he's switching between the, the between personalities, when he's like, you know, the good Otto, wouldn't he be like? Oh my god! What are we doing? What are we doing? I, I need yeah. to get out of here. I need to turn myself in to the police or whatever. But it it just seems. And then when he's like evil, Doc Ock, he, he's he's just he's very evil. Like he he um steals Aunt May. Yeah, like just he, like climbs he, up. Like, and he drops her. Yeah, yeah. And he like threatens to like and he you know threatens to kill um people, kill MJ. Kill he throws Aunt a taxi May. at Peter Parker, even though he doesn't know that he's got superpowers. He doesn't care, and yeah. it, and that um. So very lucky that he 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 yeah. has he is Spider Man. Otherwise, and he only really wants to talk to Peter because at that point he wants to 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 get Spider Man. Yeah. And it's, probably it, not the best way to negotiate. I feel like it would have it would have worked better if if after the accident he was just pure evil. So the arms just controlled his mind entirely, yeah. and he wasn't even Otto anymore. He was just like a. a like a drone, a drone, yeah, yeah. like a a a, a, um, a, a host for a parasite. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And hey. he was just like, um, it, you know, he had no memories of his former self. Mm. And then at the end, Peter would be like, could maybe show him a picture of his wife or something, and be like, you, your name, it. your name's Otto Octavius. You're a good man. And the, and the, I, I know this is controversial, but I must admit, um, rewatching two, um, this was the only, this was the only one of the three where my opinion differed slightly wow okay um i didn't think two was as good as i thought it was when i first saw it um i'm gonna gonna say that the 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 train sequence the fight after the 
is it after the bank and then uh, they fall on a train it the train is the second fight they have oh yeah they meet up don't they yeah, yeah. that that fight sequence is the best fight sequence in the trilogy i completely agree mm. um the cgi is good it's except except no except good. for it's good is it's, it is it better than one i don't yeah, think it, it is, is. Yeah. do you yeah and the only time that it actually the cgi actually gets bad in that scene like terrible is you know when he is uh, at the front of the train and he's like holding it right yeah, at, you right at the end. You see it's a cartoon. Yeah. It looks like it's like PlayStation but 2 But some graphics. of the shots of Doc Ock like walking up buildings and stuff. Oh, it's, um, looks very cartoon. Oh, in in the whole film overall, yeah. some of the CGI is bad. Yeah. It is it is on par uh, in terms of like it's a roller coaster yeah. up and down um inconsistency. Um, it's the same as one where there'll be shots and you'll be like, God, is that CGI? Fuck me, that's good. Yes. Um, and then there's other bits where you're just like, holy shit, that looks like PlayStation 2. Mm. Um, but in this particular fight, I'm saying like this, in this particular fight, the, the graphics, like the, the CGI is used in in uh, bits that make sense. And the majority of the shots in that fight it, it just doesn't take you out of it at all you just mm. think it's real I agree except for that very final shot where he's got his mask off he's at the front of the train holding the webs together honestly please watch it in like not fucking standard definition it looks so bad yeah it does it does that, um, it's like the rest of the CGI budget was used for this fight and obviously the very end like yeah. the first one where they do the I Love America shot I mean um, the, the the yeah yeah I agree so, so in this, if you were to look at this fight, you I mean you could just watch it on YouTube. I think it 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 it, sta- it stands out and holds up as like one of the best comic book fight scenes of all time. I agree. Mm. Um, so that's why I'm like, oh my god! Like you're right. Like they do the they do the thing where, um, I call it the 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 budget cut, um, which is basically like if Doc Ock needs to. Uh, leave a uh, scene. He has he climbs around the side of a building. Yeah. Uh, to to just get him off screen as soon as possible, so they can just stop using money to towards the CGI budget. Yeah. Um, that happens quite a bit, and sometimes some shots like the I feel like the the arms are always good. Yes. But when it's they have to replace Alfred Molina with a CG a completely CGI Doc Ock. Yeah. That's when it's at its worst I, in this look, film. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not criticizing it. I mean, it's it for was, the time. It was it great was of its time. Yeah. I'm just saying, I don't think it's any better than one. No, no, I no. I don't no, think no. it's improved. No, no. Uh, I think three greatly improved on CGI special effects. We'll get, we'll get to that um, in, a, in a very short amount. Of time. I honestly, there isn't, I, uh, there isn't a single shot in three where I'm like, oh, that's that's computer animated. Is that is that really? Uh, honestly, no, man. Yeah. There are so many at the end, where uh, where Harry on the glider. Not because... obviously though. Not obviously. Not in the same way as like the 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 bird's eye shot of Peter jumping over the buildings and the shot of Doc Ock crawling crawling round. They're obvious. You look. You watch that. Oh my god, that's so obviously a cartoon. Whereas in three, I I don't look at it. I think that's obviously a cartoon. 
there are there are some egregious shots in that. There are some so bad shots. Well, anyway. It's mainly to do with Harry Osborne. Right. Like well, when it's Spider Man and um, uh, when it's Spider Man and and Sandman, surprisingly, yeah. The the effects for Sandman, I think, are like groundbreaking. They're good. Yeah. Well, you know, it was 2007 by then. Yeah. And I feel like they're much improved. But there there are some shots in the scenes where they're they're having the the chase where it turns Harry completely CGI and uh because he's not in his because, suit because because he's not wearing a mask. Because, yeah, because yeah. they because they're having to recreate he's not a the man. Yeah, because they're having yeah. to recreate the the person. Mm. That's when the CGI looks dodgy. Um but 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 circling back to two, um, yeah, that 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 fight, which was just like a a mid film fight, yeah. is better than most final fights. Yes, a hundred percent. But I have to say, you know that train the train sequence. I know that gets a lot of uh, um, uh, mockery for uh, the face that Toby Maguire pulls. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Um, when he's stopping that train, mm. um, but I've got to say, I I, I really love that scene. Um, yeah, me too. And I really feel like again, this is uh, what I was saying about sacrifice. That scene, um, it almost like um, that is the scene that that for Peter sort of justifies all the sacrifices he's made. He realizes in that moment that um, that you know it, it is. What all the sacrifices he's made, all the hardship he's suffered, and he does suffer. Oh yeah. And this is another thing I want to I want to say about Tobey Maguire Spider Man more so than Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland is he suffers yeah. so much, and he's all on his own. I know that Andrew Garfield's uh, the Spider Man Amazing Spider Man films are not set in in the in in a universe, so he doesn't have the help mm. like from Iron Man and stuff, but. He's completely by himself, Toby Maguire. He has no help. He doesn't have fucking Iron Man or a built-in like CPU to to guide him, and or or like a super suit that can, you know, that go, basically go up in space. He's by himself. Yeah. He's just a guy by himself. No one around him. No one knows he's Spider Man. He, he can't turn to anyone for help or advice. He doesn't have an Alfred. No. You know? No. Um, doesn't have a guy in the chair like uh, MCU. Yeah, Tom Holland has as well. Doesn't chair. have Ned. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have anything. He's uh, he and he he. Uh, anyway, that scene, you know, he 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 stops the train, and I know he pulls a like silly sort of face that looks like he's he's you know um, having an orgasm. I, um, I just feel like <laughs> you would. Here's the thing with Tobey Maguire. I was going to say this in the, about the first one. Um, Toby Maguire makes um, hardship and um, you know effort and loss and everything. He makes it look so ugly. Exactly. And that's because it is ugly. Exactly. When he cries over Uncle Ben, yes, he doesn't have like he looks fucking grim. Exactly. You know? And I that's agree. what you would look like if someone was hold you were holding your you loved would, one. You wouldn't do like a single movie tear down the, the cheek. I, uh, you you would ugly cry. He if, ugly cries. I would ugly cry yeah. if, if if my you know father figure w- w- was died right in front of my face. And honestly, in this shot, if you're like holding, yeah, he must be in excruciating pain. He, he must be in tremendous yeah. pain. 
you're gonna, I know, I know you're, lots you're of things. You're going to pull a face. Like, you're going to look like a fucking idiot, aren't you? Lots of, uh, you know, lots of jokes about like, where does this webbing come from? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like he's just like shooting these webs out of his hands and holding them. Yes. And using his body to hold back a train that's probably going like what, hundred like miles eight, an hour. Or yeah, like yeah. eighty, hundred exactly. miles an hour. And he's trying to stop a lot of people from dying in a short space of time. Exactly. It would look ugly. Exactly. You know, uh, this is this is the thing. Like, not to to get too into like all Hollywood movies, but like when drama happens to people and like trauma happens they don't look good doing it they don't look good experiencing those things exactly and and for for how skin deep how like how skin deep comic book movies should be in terms of like cinema in terms of like drama Mm. like to have um to have like traumatic experiences be not not hugely realistic but like closer to real life than hollywood would portray them yeah is a good thing yeah you know and yeah. i know we're, we're getting like really into like talking about you know toby Maguire's come face when he's trying to save these people <laughs> but i'm but i'm like yeah. things like that they you would just look ugly doing it yeah and, yeah. and toby Maguire's spider-man is great at just looking ugly yeah when you know, in distress, uh, when he's had trauma, when he's had, you know, emotional trauma, you know, so it, it feels yeah because it feels he's a better, real guy you know. with real fucking emotions and feelings yeah, um, and you know, sometimes you know, as 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 much as he does go to great lengths to hide that from those around him to protect them, um, it you know it does come out. Hmm. But I really like that. I really like after that, you know, he he stops the train, and, um, you know, he sort of goes to fall, and 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 the, they all reach out and stop him, and he's lost his mask at this point. I think yeah. Doc Ock's ripped it off, mm. and they carry him. He, he takes it off because it's like burning, burning his face. Yeah. yeah, and they they carry him back through the carriage and they sit him down, and uh, they're all just sort of looking all the people looking around him and I think one guy goes um, oh my god he's just a kid yeah, yeah. just my son yeah. and they're all like and then he wakes up and, and they're all he realises he doesn't have his mask on and they're all just staring at him and then one kid comes and brings his mask gives it to him and says he goes uh, we, we won't we won't tell anyone who you are yeah. and he and there's this shot of him and he's just sort of looking round the carriage looking at them and he he, he, he sort of does a little smile not a big one, but just a, a tiny little smile. It doesn't say a word, but I feel like that for me is so poignant because he—that's him finally getting a bit of recognition. recognition. Yeah, yeah. But again, because he's so selfless and humble, he doesn't say anything. Mm. He just puts his mask back on and he gets up and he just sort of, you know, he says, "Thank you, know, I'll, I'll, you know, thank you. I'll take it from here." But he in that I feel like in that moment when they're all staring at him and they just give him his mask back and that and and he realizes that that they've saved him, he's finally got the recognition that he goddamn deserves. Yeah, and you know and you know it's it's you know it's just I compare that to like you know some of the, the in the later Spider-Man films. Um, 
I think it happens in the Andrew Garfield ones where he's like he's like waving to crowds and posing the pictures and stuff um, and sort of lapping up all the the fame. Oh, one hundred percent. It's just like he's lapping it up. You know, even more so than I don't think Tom Holland's Spider Man goes as far as to be like. I know. I know you said about like uh, posing for Instagram and stuff. I feel like he does. He no, does he a did, lot of. No, um, yeah, you're right. He doesn't. He's he not he does a lot of like the um, the like vloggy kind yeah, of yeah yeah uh, self tape kind of stuff. No, he's not. He's but not, he never. He's never posing. He's not fame hungry. No, no, no. Was no. I feel like Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker is 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 loving well on the fame is is loving loving it. the the attention. Yeah, I feel like it would be more. Uh, um, it would be more in character for Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man to do what Peter Parker does in Spider-Man Three, yeah, where he kisses Gwen Stacy, yeah, who you know, like you know, obviously in this he's with MJ at that point in the third movie, mm. you know, where he you know essentially does quote unquote cheat with, on her. Mm. You know, it, I feel like it'd be more on Andrew Garfield's yeah. Spider-Man to be yeah. like, actually, I'd do it for the gram, I'd do it for the cameras, yeah. do it for the attention. Whereas yeah. it is a little bit out of left field for yeah. Peter Parker in the yeah. third one. Yeah, and I, I, you know, so yeah, but I feel yeah, I do. Um, uh, you know, I, I, the the end. I like the ending of two. Um, because it it feels, I know it's a bit cheesy with MJ like running running out of her wedding slow motion. Honestly, doves flying through the air. It's it is cheesy, but honestly, in this time period of comic book movies, it didn't feel as cheesy as it does exactly. now. And do you know why it doesn't? Because they they've earned it. Both yeah, of yeah, the yeah. characters have earned this this happy ending. Yes. This sort of rom com ending. Yeah. They deserve it because the whole fucking film, as I said, Peter has been making all these sacrifices, including his relationship with MJ. And and being okay, not okay, but being more acceptant that yeah. she's with someone else, yeah. Yeah. you know, that she's with this guy who, yeah. again, is like. I feel like in casting, they were, they were just like, oh, it's going to play J. Jonah Jameson's son, but he basically has to be like hunk number 42 do you know what I mean yeah yeah. so you know there's a guy who's taller more good looking he's a fucking astronaut so he's got a better job exactly Um, and he's just like do you know what if if she's happy I'm sad about it I'm I'm sad about it but because he's completely selfless yeah I'd be like I fucking hate this guy yeah 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 I like it um you know, I, I like um, I like the sa- how, I like the sacrifice from Doc Ock. As yeah, well. I like that. too. The redemption is. I there. like that too. It it would have it again. It would have been better if he if he'd been like if he if he'd been pure evil for the whole film and yeah, then yeah. it changes back. Yeah. But I do like that. Yeah, um, it's a good character arc because where Peter says to you, you know, oh, you said to me, um, that intelligence um is 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 a gift. It's not a privilege or whatever. Yep lovely uh, again another good it's not obviously not it's as not a, recognizable it's, it's another it's a philosophy it's another philosophy film. yeah yeah it's one that peter had to learn because he obviously knows about great power comes yeah. great responsibility yeah. but he's also a smart guy 
so he has to learn that you know his intelligence that he has his exactly. he, he is basically earned um and again he's not a um he's he's a smart guy but you can tell throughout these movies that it's not something that he's just like so comparable to the Andrew Garfield one where it's like Peter is a, a smart guy it, his doesn't feel and you, you just jump in and he's like oh I like with his web shooters in uh, Amazing Spider-Man that technology looks so fucking complex like I don't even think that like Peter Parker from this Spider-Man Tobey Maguire would would be able to you know like well, his, his his intelligence is grounded in, in the world we know whereas with Andrew Garfield's it's kind of like oh yeah he's in high school and he's just you know you know he has it's Peter Parker in this universe has to go through hardship to even just you know he's not even like technically he's not called a genius in this He's just very smart. Yeah, like, yeah. He's not whereas, a genius. Whereas he's just in smart. in the next two iterations, yeah, he is. You know, he's made technology. He is genuinely like it seems like a a given genius. I know this is controversial, and and obviously comic book fans will disagree. But I actually really like that uh, that that he produces the the web himself. I'm, I'm I'm the opposite. I know you don't agree, but <laughs> here's the thing. This is uh, again. I'll probably touch on this in uh, another podcast in a bit more detail. But yeah. like, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's so comic accurate. I, I don't really. I'm like you. I, I I have read comic books, but I, it's a different medium. So I'm like, just make it make sense for cinema. I yeah. don't really mind yeah. if it's too far from the comic book. Um, Sam will uh, crucify otherwise. But um, it's it's uh, I I I like the fact that it's in in the Amazing Spider-Man. Yes, his genius, quote unquote, is is given and not earned really. But I like the fact that he does a bit of like a bit more like trial and error of his um, technology to help him be Spider-Man. Mm. Um, with Tobey Maguire, um, he he does go through iterations of being Spider-Man. Obviously, he, he makes his own stuff. So initially, it's like a hoodie. I know that happens in basically all of the Spider-Man. But, yeah. but there is more in Amazing Spider-Man where he's like tinkering, basically. Um, and I like the fact that he, you know, I'm okay with the more comic book accurate, like the, the web doesn't come out of him. I'm more just like, okay... You know, if you could climb, and then you were like, "Oh, I I know of this material." Mm. If it takes him like a montage of like a couple of weeks, couple of months, and he's just like trying his best to work out what to do with it, I'm like, "That's that's good." I feel like that one thing it did well, not like brilliant, amazing, but like it did well was to make him like create his own stuff, and it take him a bit of time to work out what to do. In terms of the swinging and stuff, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, it is a bit weird that it comes out of him. I know a lot of people is it's obviously a bit marmite. I think this subject it is marmite. Um, I, I love it. I think I, I just for me, it just feels 
It just feels it's it, it's organic. It does feel natural, but yeah, it is a bit weird. He gets spider. He gets super strength. He can stick to walls, yeah. and he produces um, silk, which yeah. spiders do. Yeah. So it it seems it seems it seems natural. Uh, it to does. Me. It does. I do get it. But obviously, I know that it's not in keeping with the with the uh, with the comic books. Um, and but like you said, this he, Toby Maguire's. Um, version of Peter Parker doesn't come across as a, a genius. Yeah, he's not an overly genius. He's he's just, he's just top of his class. He's Top of your class. He's a grade A student. Top of the class in my secondary school. They weren't like genius. Yeah, you couldn't, you, could, you know. They were very smart people. Yeah. You know, that... Like, if, but they couldn't produce fucking devices that can shoot webbing yeah. to make you swing from building to building. And I'm pretty sure it's the same with high schools these yeah. days. You might have people who are going to to high schools who are geniuses. There's like that, that's yeah. fine, but like it would be one person yeah. in terms of yeah. But like Peter Peter Parker being able to, I'm going to go exactly backwards on what I've just said, but in being such a technological genius in Amazing Spider-Man and MCU, it is like okay, so yeah, it's just a bit like too much. Well, Whereas it's a perfect yeah. balance in the Raimi trilogy. Yeah. For me. It just doesn't seem like if he can do that, it's like, well, if he, if, if, if the web doesn't come out of him organically, it comes out of like shooters that he makes, mm. then it's like, well, he could have done that anyway without having been Spider-Man. Yeah. Like he wouldn't have the super strength. He would have broke his neck And, and doing the spider it, but... sense, but... <laughs> But the, the 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 whole the web swinging is like one of the key features yeah. of yeah. being Spider Man, mm. and if he can do that anyway, then it's like well you know okay why did he need to be bitten by the radioactive mm. spider in the first place? So I feel I feel like for me personally that was I know a very controversial but I think a very good creative decision. I think it makes sense in this in this universe. Yeah, again yeah. It, uh, it's. It's it's either or. I like I like both, but I just think that the uh, the amazing Spider Man just do it just just that little bit more yeah. justice. It's a good mix of uh, trial and error, and as being close to like the the character, the mm. the comic book, um, and that doesn't mean that I don't like it from these this trilogy. Yeah. Um, what is the theme of uh, the third Spider-Man movie. Well, uh, so for me, the theme for Spider-Man Three is uh, forgiveness. Lovely. Um. So, I I feel like this this is a sort of the underlying theme of this film. Um, and and this happens with, again, a lot of the characters. Um. You know, this is a very divisive film. <laughs> you don't say. Um, I think there are things about this film that I like, and there are things about this film that I think are, are, are laughable. Um, but um, I mean, yeah, it's you know, it's not as good as the first film. Two films, I think that's a given. I mean, I've heard this trilogy referred to as the godfather of spider-man 
films, the Godfather trilogy of Spider-Man films, in that the first two films are excellent and yeah. the third film is uh, poor. So, and I think that's quite an accurate description. It's quite an accurate description. Um, probably the closest you're going to get to a Godfather Spider-Man comparison. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, but um, I, can, I can see it. And look, I, I feel like this film gets an overly bad rap for Agreed. a few bits, a few quite key talking points that basically tip it over the edge that it could have been a lot better. And some stuff that just kind of brings it down. Um, but honestly, we watched it again recently and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And I didn't think I would. Because yeah. obviously I feel like I maybe because it, I haven't seen it for so long that I just let those um, connotations kind of creep in. Yeah. And then and then I just ex- have that and I just accept it. You know, where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, Spider-Man 3, t- terrible, rubbish. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, dig on this. Um, yeah. You know, uh, emo haircuts of 2006. I think I th- it's it's not as bad as you remember it. Yeah. I think it's the, it's the, the Honestly, thing. and I'm not quite sure whether that's, it's not as bad as you remember because films these days can be awful. Oh, exactly. Or... I just let internet opinion take over. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just let the good bits fall by the wayside. Yeah, and the bad bits get um, exacerbated yeah. too much. I mean, I mean, Christ, it's it. You know, it's not. Um, it's not as bad as Batman and Robin. It's oh, not as God, bad as yeah. Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. But honestly, by looking at its Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, you put you you'd get the opinion that it was closer to yeah. that than to the other two. Yeah. Closer to Batman and Robin than Iron Man to... 3, Thor The Dark World, they get a lot of, um, they get a lot of stick. I don't, honestly, it's the thing, I, I don't, I don't mind Iron Man 3. Yeah, uh, that's another controversial is, opinion that these, we'll come back These to. are all superhero sequels. Get a bad rap. That are considered terrible. That I think Spider-Man 3 is probably, um, a lot better than. Better than, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like that there is some issues with it, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll say my piece. Yeah, go on. Is that it's um, it is, I believe maybe too long. And I'm not saying that like I don't like long movies. Um, it's well established that we are like huge fans of the extended Lord of the Rings editions. Yes. And because that is so jam packed with good acting, um, CGI where it's uh, appropriate and just great stories having and characters that I could watch I could watch a cut if it was each film was about five hours oh yes I I, I, I would I wish there was a, a five hour cut of so it's it's not films. it's not that I don't like long movies it's that this was overly long and for a couple of reasons yes um, you know the inclusion and the storyline behind Sandman is unnecessary. Um, something that we, I think we've already discussed, where I said it should be more like the beginning of, you know, surprisingly, it should be more like the beginning of Amazing Spider-Man Two, 
where a villain is just in existence and he just has to fight a villain we learn a little bit more about the villain and he's gone by maybe like halfway through the movie or just you know beginning and end book ending or something like that where the sandman is uh retroactively retconned into the story to be personal to peter yes which is not a good note about this movie the fact that sandman is the actual killer of uncle ben honestly is just kind of when you watch it is jarring because you're just like you've had two films like you said um about the second one he had that emotional scene with aunt may where he's like i you know uh, i am responsible yeah and peter at that time i think they do a flashback to the the guy who killed uncle ben who we think killed uncle ben up until that point you had two films where the emotion was put on that is what happened for the third film for them to be like no that's that's all the you missed this bit it is uh, again that is one of the early um instances for me of retroactive retconning yes which i'm champion championing to be called james cromwelling because of uh <laughs> fallen kingdom because of fallen kingdom yeah <laughs> but um we'll keep it as that for now but th- th- that was one of the first times that i noticed that where yes. they're just like a sequel happens it was them all along yeah rubbish they were all, they were there in the background the yeah. whole time yeah yeah. Um, so that was that's a terrible point. Um, Venom being in it for like five minutes towards the end, um, on Eddie Brock, um, but in like all, he's in all of the marketing, you know, like as the main villain. Yeah. Um, so it, a bit of a waste of Venom. I said a bit, a lot of a waste of Venom. Um. Topher Grace as Eddie Brock is a bit not great. I don't think it's the worst thing. I just don't think. I think it's just middle of the roads. Just yeah, he's just no. I just didn't like it. Um, yeah, and just some infamous scenes are not as bad as you think, but they are not good. So, and I mean, I could. You might be telling me different in a couple of seconds but they didn't get I don't think they really got too much they didn't get incrementally too much better for me but they're not as bad as the internet would have you believe well I I mean I I, I agree with you that um, those three particular elements of the film are um, are obviously the standout um uh, criticisms that one would have um, although I have to say um, for me the worst thing is the Sandman uh, Uncle Ben death retroactive retcon mm. that 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 annoys me more than, uh, than than Venom's little screen time or um Bully Maguire, I believe, is yes. known on the internet. Bully Maguire, such a great catchphrase. It's only really kind of cotton on recently. Yeah, in terms um, of memes. But you know, so, so in other words, we're talking about um, you know uh, grunge gothic mm. uh, Peter Parker, um, who you know goes to disco the jazz dancing. Club. Um, no, but listen, uh, that that really bothers me. I think I, you know, 
Thomas Hayden Church, um, great actor. Yeah, yeah. Great in Sideways. Um, and I, I wouldn't have minded them. I don't mind them including Sandman. No, um, because I, the they have they have him in here, and yeah, again, he, it, the CGI is great for the character. Yeah, but but he, also it's just the execution is just not. Do you know? What, but it, it it just it just felt like he shoehorned shoehorned in, in with. Hardly any character development. Oh, he has a sick daughter, escaped from prison. We don't really know much else other than that. Falls into a, a sand pit and just becomes the Sandman somehow. Um, and then, you know, rest of the film, he just wants to rob, get money, I guess. Rob yeah. banks or to, something. To, to pay for a treatment. Um, I just think, um, I, you know, I just think his character was underdeveloped. And I, I, th- I you know... I think I read somewhere that Sam Raimi wanted to just have the Sandman as as the one and only villain. Personally, I wouldn't have chosen Sandman no, at all. No, not at all. No. I would have had either Venom or uh, Harry. Harry, but um, I guess. I mean, t- to to be fair, you could have had both Venom and Harry because you could With still no have Sandman. A, yeah, because yeah. you could still have had uh, Harry's redemption. Yeah, yeah. Against yeah. Venom. Yeah, exactly. Which would have made sense. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, it, it. But it's just, yeah, I don't like the Sandman really as, as in in this film as a villain. Um, he just seems rushed and pointless. I hate that they made him the killer of Uncle Ben. I yes, really mate. hate that. That for me is the worst thing about this film. Um, it, like you said, it completely ruins the whole that whole thing I was talking about earlier about Peter about how he the re- responsibility and how he he you know he. How he he wants to um, find do Uncle Ben proud and all that, and I mean I get it's still kind of he is still kind of responsible because it was they're they're saying now in this one that it was uh it was Sandman's partner who was the the robber that Peter let let escape. Whatever. Um, but um yeah i really hate that um i tell you what though you know what i think thomas hayden church would have been a better eddie brock oh 100% right yeah he's cuz eddie he's, brock he's, is he's supposed to be buff and muscly shit. and gruff and yeah. rough around the edges yeah he he should have been eddie brock mm. he should have been venom yeah um anyway um yeah i really don't like sandman um <laughs> the venom thing as well i mean honestly i think what for me? What would have made fixed the, the whole uh, this whole thing about there being too many villains in this film is um, cut get rid of Sandman, cut him out altogether. This is my personal opinion. Sorry, Thomas, um, but cut him out, um, and then you either focus the film entirely on Harry, and he's the main villain of the film. And he's the the new goblin. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the film, like in in a in like a like a post credit scene or the last scene of the film, you have the meteorite crash, and the symbiote comes out and like jumps out of the screen. Nice. And it ends. It's like oh, and it teases Venom for four or other way round. You have Venom be the main villain of the film. Don't see much of Harry at all. He's not in it much. Yeah. And then at the end of the film, he, uh, you know, goes into the machine 
comes out as the new, new and it's like ha 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 cuts to black yeah so either you use either one and then you tease the other one at the end yeah that for me would have solved the pro- the problem of the villains issue um i think um yeah it's i know it's cliche to to keep saying it or to even say it but there is just there is just too many villains too much going on to cram in at this yeah at this point and yeah and also for for me saying that that they crammed in too many villains and to say it went on too long almost feels like contradictory because you do need time yeah you know but they didn't I didn't. I don't want to see too much more. I don't want like a three, four hour cut of it. But it's just all. It's all muddled. It's all like kind of nonsensical. Mm. You know. It's it's just it's just too much going on. For it to be a coherent and kind of not deep, but emotional on the same level as the first two. There isn't too many points in three uh, where it is the same kind of deep development of the characters. Mm. It's more like, and then onto this bit, and then onto this bit. And, you know, this it, this is kind of the opposite of one, where one was so lean and so much a coherent story yeah. that three is the the complete opposite, where it's um it's so much guff it's just like it's unreal um doesn't mean there aren't good points in it being that i feel like the the black spider-man suit is quality yeah i I I like that i really like that um Mm -hmm. i like the uh change that it has on peter yeah just not quite the emo haircut and guy yeah i like the the personality change yeah not like too much of a fan of yeah. the 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 skin deep change. Uh, we we already said that it would have actually have more gravitas if yeah. he looked the same. But he was just. But his a dick. attitude changed. Yeah. If he were yeah he did, if he didn't have eyeliner and an emo hairstyle. Mm. He but he he. But he looks just like normal Peter just, Parker. He just, but he just be- becomes an asshole. Mm. And everyone's like Peter, why are you acting like this? You know. Yeah. And he's like. You know, I, he looks exactly the same. Still geeky with his glasses on, his camera around his neck. Yep. But he's just a complete dick. Um, Sam I, Raimi revealed that in 2009, he said that he didn't really have any creative control after a certain point on this movie. I, I can see that. Uh, when he spoke to The Guardian in 2009. And you can tell up on that screen that that was the case. Mm. Th- yeah. Feel like he was losing control when they shoehorned Venom in. Yeah, I know. Obviously, he wanted Sandman initially just to be the villain. I mean, I'm glad he wasn't. I wouldn't have picked Sandman for a standalone villain. I would have just. We've already said, so we won't really retread it. But yeah, Harry or Venom, pick a lane. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and it's it's disappointing because having creative control on one and two and it being so great and then three coming out and studio meddling rearing its head is just like ultimately just the worst thing about hollywood um yeah well not the work maybe not the worst thing but the 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 in terms of the quality of products the worst thing that uh hollywood can do you know studio meddling is is honestly there's so many director's cuts and um 
articles about changes that would have been made to movies that sound amazing that you're you know you'd, you'd actually get to the point where you'd be pointing out these things yeah if i was a director i'd be bringing out these examples when studios are like um no actually we'll want to do this because demographics and money and i'd just be like look there's there's so many examples of studios uh, taking it out of the hands of directors and it just going so tits up that you know i'd just be i'd be bringing them out of my pockets i'd be like look blade blade runner director's cut so it's universally canon not uh, you know you know what i mean i mean universally look, most uh, director's cuts are so yeah. you know well another example is um again is um Superman 2 mm. um you know they fired Richard Donner replaced him with Richard Lester and it you can you can tell which scenes yeah. were filmed by Donner yeah. and which were filmed by Lester and it's it you know even though Superman 2 don't get me wrong is brilliant and yeah, the yeah, best yeah. Superman film could have been better there was, been it, better. it's very it it looks and feels very disjointed it does yeah um so um no i think but you know but the thing is i like we were saying i don't think spider-man 3 is as bad as people remember and um and also you know so the um you know the bully so the the bully maguire infamous right where he you know memed to the nth degree he puts on eyeliner and like and has like you know um goth gothy hair and like flicks it back and stuff and 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 obviously there's the infamous dance sequence <laughs> where he where he, he he like dances he like finger bangs down the street to no music yeah um, yeah like like and the girls just look at him like what the hell and then he mm. goes and he comes out of the shop and he's all like doing like disco dancing Saturday and dancing fever moves yeah. um you know i mean and then you know and then he takes Gwen Stacy to the jazz club and does this sort of weird dance routine with a chair. Yeah. Where he's like, he's like tangoing with a chair and he goes up to the microphone. He's like, now dig on this. It's classic. I mean, it's, it, do you know what? I, I watch that now and I, I don't actually cringe. I watch it back now and I just, I just it, laugh. I think it's funny. Yeah. But I was thinking about this um, the other day and I was thinking, but you know, this this interpretation of the character, right? This Peter Parker is very much a dweeb. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. He is a he's a dorky dweeby loser um who has this, you know, secret identity as Spider-Man, right? So and obviously the symbiote takes over um his well, his, his mind, I guess. Mm. Um well, it certainly changes his attitude. Yes. But yeah. so, so, so maybe, you know, as much as we we mock it, maybe in Peter's mind, this is what calls. This like. is what call is. Yeah. yeah. Jazz clubs. Because and... he is a dork. Yeah. How he doesn't know what call is in right. his eyes. Maybe wearing eyeliner and <laughs> and having a, 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 a you know a Jared Way party. Yeah. And, uh, and, and one one bit of hair over his eyes. Exactly. And doing and doing you know going to a jazz club and, and dancing, um, clicking his fingers. That is cool to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe or you know, obviously we know the symbiote sort of corrupted his mind. 
and and has made him so in 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 you know in Peter's mind and therefore in the symbiote's uh mind that is um the it, it's it's it is the exact opposite of who Peter is yeah which kind of works in a way yeah because it's still dorky but it's what he interprets as dorky exactly. cool exactly and also it you know think about it i mean you know when you wear eyeliner and you have your wear your hair in a certain way i'm you know no sorry no offense goths but as much as you preach about being an individual you you're doing that deliberately to stand out mm. to be noticed to be seen right because that's why you're doing it you 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 and and then he goes to the jazz club, does that dance routine again. He does that to stand out, to to make prove a point to MJ, to make her jealous, right? So that is essentially the opposite of Peter Parker, because Peter Parker is a very humble, shy, modest, selfless guy who tries to not make any waves, not stand out from the crowd. Mm. He's just a guy who wants to blend into the background and you know eat a hot dog. Um, uh, that's you know so and that whole dancing in the street thing as cringe as it was when we first saw it when I watch it back now I think I think I think yeah because that is the exact so the opposite of what Peter, Peter Parker would do yeah yeah Um, I, I still think it, it. like we said before I still think he should have not had the, the, the eyeliner and the yeah hair. yeah yeah should have just been him doing that him yeah where he's just like this is what I think is cool and what is what is being the opposite of what i was because of the symbiote and, exactly you know it, it, it honestly if it didn't have the eyeliner and the haircut i don't think we'd be i don't think we'd be talking about it as much yeah we would probably talk about it because it's happened in the film yeah and there would not be like so many memes about bully Maguire. <laughs> um yeah you know i feel like it would have just been part of the film yeah and you would have just been like oh peter parker he you know, like exactly. because of the symbiote, he's acting out a bit. Because the rest of it, but the, it yeah. is the hair and the eyeliner. Yeah. It's it, not even the attitude; it's the hair and the eyeliner. The attitude works. Like, like, what? like he's like he's like chatting up Elizabeth Banks, and he's chatting yeah. up the Russian girl from the apartment next door who's in love with him. Um, and he's, um, you know, he he's like um, a dick to Eddie at, at work and stuff, which he never would have done. No, not at before, all. Before, because no. he he's entirely, you know, he even if he if if Eddie had faked that photograph he he, he probably Peter I, I 100% convinced he wouldn't have said anything yeah that's yeah. just not who he is no um he doesn't have a spiteful bone in his body um so yeah that all that stuff kind of works for me it's just a shame that it wasn't you know there wasn't more of it that the venom sort of subplot was a subplot yeah it was a subplot well it should have been either the main plot or the setup for the, the next tease. movie yeah is is James Franco? Um, does he pull off the redemption uh, in this third movie, or is it, or is it not? Does it not? Does it not quite mesh with the rest of the arc from one and two? Do you know what? Um, does he complete the the uh, assignment, if you will? Do you know what? I, 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 I hate myself for saying this, but I, I feel like no. But I really, really, it really annoys me, and I'm, I want, I desperately want, wanted it, wanted it to, but I feel like it's just because um, 
again, it's a subplot. And I feel like it's rushed. And it should have been the main focus of the film or it should have been the main focus of the next film. But I feel like we've had we've, we had such a build-up with that and we knew it was coming from the sort of teaser at the end of 2. And, you know, it, it, it just... It, it felt like it wasn't a bit of an anti-climax. Um, even with him at the start of Spider-Man 3, where he's the new goblin, that felt like an anti-climax because he just appeared out of nowhere on the glider. His, he didn't even, he wasn't even wearing the, a suit. I, I really didn't like his outfit at all. No, I feel, I feel like the, the design of him as the goblin was terrible. Yeah. They gave him like um, a snowboard hoverboard yeah, instead, instead of like an, a glider i mean do you know i it would have been better it, it would have been better if he was just wearing the same green suit that willem dafoe had it, it, he should Imagine have had that. yeah he should have had the the suit and then slightly changed with like a different helmet yeah. or something or, or or it was like a different color yeah um, they just gave him like a black face mask with like generic like swimming goggles yeah, swimming and, and, goggles. A, and, a, and a snowboard yeah, hoverboard. And, a, and a hoverboard um yeah i didn't like that um i do like that he turns good at the end and comes and helps peter yes and sort of sacrifices himself i feel like it just didn't in this movie where you should have had the um you should have had like the the majority of the the arc because it's been teased up until this point yeah i just feel like again it's the same with everything really the execution in this movie was just lacking that extra bit yeah it was just you know it's especially with um especially with this because it's been built over two films yeah i know they they had him revealed or like coming out of the chamber yeah in the beginning like very early on in the movie in three yeah that's right isn't it yeah that's right um Whereas that should have been at the end, for me. Yeah, it, 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 at the end, or like maybe like midway. Yeah, where he's like toying with the idea of yeah. of doing it. Yeah, he should be conflicted. I know he. Yeah. I know he finds it in two. Yeah, but he should just be like conflicted. Like, do I do this? Because obviously of like what happened to my father, and you yeah. know. But yeah. there's none of that. He's just like jump in straight out. Yeah. Uh, straight into a chase with Peter. Don't know how I found him, but yeah. you know, straight in a chase with Peter. Um, and then, yeah, it just it just didn't it didn't flow as well. It just didn't, you know. There was no real um, there's no real gravitas to the choice that he was making, mm. and then no real gravitas to the choice he made. Mm. You know, like it was just like, oh, we knew it was going to happen, so you know, just make it happen. It's yeah. like no, it should have been like should have been a bit of a build up or. He should have gone in and come out, and there should have been a build-up to his first confrontation with Peter. Yeah, it was like stepped out and then found Peter on the street, just like a bit of a chase. I was just like, uh, so it was just, it's all just a little bit like meh. It just like they made wrong decisions, mm. didn't really execute it as well. Yeah, that could be said across the board with any of the villains. Um, it's a shame as well because yeah. I, I that was the one that I feel like deserved a much more. Um, Oh, 100% because it's such a personal story. Yeah, and 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 we've it's, it's their best mates, aren't they? You know, so. we yeah, exactly. They're best friends and his his father was the goblin and obviously he thought Spider-Man killed him and then he found out that Spider-Man was Peter 
I mean, you do all these sort of personal relationships, um, and obviously they they you know they both of them had gone out with MJ at various times, and there was that whole conflict, and you know um, that actually would have made sense her being the damsel in distress if Harry yeah. been the main villain, yeah, yeah, because yeah. of course you know because it's all personal, yeah, to the three of them, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then it would have made, you know, and then if, if a bit like with Doc Ock, if he'd had a sort of change of heart at the end and we realised, you know, that he, like, I'm I'm, I'm not going to become like my father kind of thing. And yep. he sort of rebels against the, the inner Norman. Yeah. And they, maybe he sets something up that he then changes his mind. Like, he set up something that's going to kill MJ. And, you know, he's like, actually, you know. And then he sacrificed he, himself yeah. to save her yeah. and Peter. Yeah. Um, that thus that would have been a, a much more satisfying redemption. Um, I mean, when he does, you know, when he does die, Harry, um, it's it is still a good emotional uh, scene. And he do, and it is, and it, this ties into what I was saying about the theme of this film being forgiveness, because um, it, that you know, he, yeah, he does, he does throw him, he throws himself in front of. Um, uh, the is it? A, I think it's like a spike or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to save Peter. So I re- and I like that. And it, you know, what it is a it is a, a sad um, death. And um, you know, as I said, it's you know he he he's forgiven. He's forgiven Peter. Um, Pete, you know, Peter's forgiven him. Um, Peter then forgives. As much as I don't like it, Peter forgives the Sam man for Uncle Ben's death, and then at the end of the film, um, when him and MJ, you know, he goes to the the club, and uh, he, the, pre- the predominant the uh, jazz club, scene, uh, um, <laughs> and you know, and it's like he, he MJ forgives him and he forgives her. They forgive each other. So there's a it's, it's there's a lot about this film that is a lot there's a lot of forgiveness in this film and there's a lot of closure which oddly works considering that when they were making this film they were planning a fourth they were planning a fourth yeah this does feel like it, it an ending yeah very much so um, it, it's also uh, uncheesy in doing so because it's um, it's more like acceptance forgiveness rather than just like. Uh, Oh, we're back to being like happy-go-lucky, you know. Like it could have had a cheesier ending where MJ and Peter again, like in two, they like run towards yeah, each other. Yeah, it's just like go get him, Tiger. And yeah, and it, do you know what I mean? Like they, I, I it was com- very much like a, a solemn ending. I completely agree. And do you know what? I really like that ending. Yes, it's it. I know that again. The ending gets criticised because. The first two films, it ends with like him swinging through the city. Uh, have we already had enough of that. Yeah, but this film, it, it goes to the club. They don't. I don't even think they say anything. No, they don't. She, no. He just he reaches out and she they takes just, his hand. They just and they dance, hug. don't they? And then it, and then the yeah, they just they they slow dance. Yeah, yeah. And then it, the camera just it just fades to black. I think on a shot of them just hugging each other. Yeah. And it's like the whole culmination of their relationship, their journey, come to an end. And obviously that that Harry's just just been taken from them, and uh, they've they've lost so much, um, but they realise that they've still got each other and all that, and mm. it's a perfect ending to that film. And it also, ironically, not that we knew it at the time, was is a perfect ending to that trilogy, to the universe, anything. to the yeah, universe. Exactly, yeah. I think um, so. I really like that, and uh, like I said, it you it, say that it's a it's a perfect ending. 
to that. I don't I don't I don't know if it's a perfect ending to that film because the film's been a bit all over. Well, no, a perfect ending would have been a a, a, a teaser yeah. reveal of of either Venom or, or Harry. Harry. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I yeah, it's... But it works in the context of that film because the film that film was so much about uh forgiveness and closure. Forgiveness yeah. and closure. Mm. Um yeah, and um and also I know, I know um again we I know we were talking about um uh, Toby Maguire's uh, ugly crying, um, and uh, there's a lot of that in, in this film, especially at, at the end, when he forgives Sandman um, for Uncle Ben's death. Uh, again, I really hate that. Um, <laughs> he like flies off in like a sand cloud. But yeah, like what? Like, oh, the, the I know I know it's a comic book film, but the the um, uh, the physics of that, I don't. It makes no sense to me. Why can he fly? He can fly. He he can be. He can be. He can be any size. He can be like a giant, but he yeah. can also be like normal size. And he can also turn back into a human. Yeah. It's like what? <laughs> and he but and he can also like manifest into shapes. He's basically like the the T one thousand. He it, but, it's, but instead of uh, liquid metal, it's sand. It's out of place because all of the villains so far in this trilogy have actually been quite grounded. Yeah. And even they were obviously planning to have a um a vulture and black cat in the next movie, which obviously kind of goes against what we were saying about like having Harry or Venom. Yeah. But um they were wanting vulture or black cat. Again, two villains which are kind of still grounded yeah. because they just with Vol- Goblin, just a guy with wings. Goblin was just like it's just technology. Yeah, he's got the Doc glider. Ock, it's technology. Yeah, he's got the the hat, the the arms. Harry is technology. Yeah, Venom is an alien. I yeah. can understand, but then it's got alien properties, yeah. which is you can still kind of get your head around. Yeah, but um, he has weaknesses like sound. Yes, he has flaws. Whereas Sandman is just um is just a. It's whatever like, we need for the plot. It's like magic. Yeah, whatever basically. we need for the plot, he can do it. Yeah. And it's it's just like what the hell? It felt it felt uh, it feels weird being included in this universe. Feels like it should be in the MCU. Yeah, or or I mean, he, he could, I mean w- there's no limit to what he could do. Can he yeah. fly, you know, I mean, if he's made out of sand, I don't know, can he can he fly in space? Can he fly all around the world? Yeah. Can he fly he could fly into the White House and kill the president? Literally more dangerous than uh, Nightcrawler from X Men Two, um, but I just think. But that scene, even though he's saying it's Sandman, in a way, I feel like uh, maybe that is also because it's directly related to Uncle Ben. I feel like maybe that is the moment where Peter forgives himself. Yeah, he finally gets closure for, for Uncle himself. Ben. Yeah, because by forgiving Uncle Ben's killer. He's also forgiving himself for for um, for his part in his death and the the guilt that he feels mm. um, for that. Um, so, and I really like that because, like I said, I feel like in, in Spider Man Two, it's where he um, he actually becomes Spider Man and accepts his that he is Spider Man, and then in Spider Man Three, he finally uh, forgives himself for. Um, Uncle Ben's death, which is the event that um, that essentially led to him becoming Spider Man, because before that he wasn't like I'm going to be a superhero. No, no, not at all. I'm he was like, I'm going to 
helping people. He was like, I'm going to make money. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to use, I'm going to buy a car. Yeah. To get some poontang. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, As we all would. A hundred percent. So, yeah, there are a lot of elements about three that I, uh, that I, that I really like. And, um, as laughable as it is, um, I don't think it's as bad as everyone thinks it is. And do you know what? I'd rather sit down and watch three any day of the week than either of the Amazing Spider-Man films. Or, to be honest with you, the M- the two MCU films thus far as well. I know it's controversial, but I'd rather watch Spider-Man 3 than, than, than Homecoming or uh, Far From Home. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I don't think they're bad films. I, I don't think Tom Holland is a, a bad Spider-Man. But, you know, I just think it's just, you know... There's it, not as much to it as uh, Tobey Maguire's, the, the, even by... It's style over shot. substance. And yeah. he's, you know, obviously, he, he you know, it, he it's in, in the universe, in the MCU, he's, you know, there's no... I feel like there's no peril. There's no threat. Any of the Avengers could turn up and save him at any moment, and you know Iron Man's always there to help him. And even when Iron Man's dead, he's got like a, a an AI built into his suit, and he's got all these crazy suits that can go into space or div- or can like fly through the air, and and they're made out of like you know fucking titanium or whatever. God knows what they're made out of. Super mcu technology that seems like un out of this world mcguffin technology you know minority MCU. report style uh technology <laughs> um, um whereas tommy mcguire's peter parker is just he's literally just a dude in in a suit in in a, a an outfit that he made designed and made himself um and all his powers are internal including his web which i like um so um yeah yeah well that leads us on to the ratings for this particular for this particular uh, iteration of Spider-Man, the the Raimi verse, the the Raimi trilogy. Um, now we just have to decide what we're going to mark it out of five. Um, yeah, and what our denomination is going to be. Um, uh, I I think. Could could we do it out of uh, five times he saw Cinderella and made him cry? I like that. I like um, that. Yeah, five Cinderellas. Five out of five MJ and Cinderellas. Um, that'll be for for the first Spider Man. So for Spider Man one, he says it in Spider Man one, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I cried like a baby when you played Cinderella. I cried like a baby when you played Cinderella. Peter, that was first grade. Spider Man one. Well, out of five Cinderellas, uh, what do you rate Spider-Man? Well, this is going to be controversial. Oh, no. Uh, but I am going to give Spider-Man uh, five Cinderellas out of five. Nice. Um, I don't often give a five. I have given a few. Uh, 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 during uh, the Two Rares podcast, um, but look, it, everything you know—it's pretty much for everything we've said. I've, I've, it's a it's a perfect superhero origin film. It kickstarted the comic book movie revolution. Boom, if anything, yeah. Um, it's as you said. It's uh, it's it's lean. It's slick. 
it's uh, it's compact. Um, it's got one of the best comic book villains. Um, you know, up there with the Joker uh, and Magneto, and and honestly, one of my all time favorites. Um, and I'd I'd love it. I I personally think it's the best one out of the three. Um, and I I feel and Tobey Maguire is is in my opinion the best Spider-Man and my favourite so it's got to be a five and I also give it five Cinderella's out of five um, and this one I'm not going to regret by giving it uh, a, a score that I then think maybe I should have given it more oh my uh, goodness yes I'm, I'm getting hounded no end about my um, my controversial scoring of The Matrix uh, I don't think I'll, I'm, I'm going to learn from my mistakes, just like Spider Man. Yeah. So I can't. I honestly can't believe that you that you gave, you didn't give the Matrix a five out of five. Yeah. That really shocked me. Uh, <laughs> as it's me and Bill shocked us to our core. Fair enough. We're, we're both we're both traumatized by it still to this day. And and he's never and he's ne- he hasn't come back since for another podcast. I think because he's so upset. Yeah by you and not giving the Matrix a five. So. <laughs> well, we'll see uh, January 1st when we do our Matrix uh, <laughs> Resurrections podcast. Stay tuned for that one. Honestly, in the new year, that'll be that'll be a great one. Yeah. Um, whether the film's uh, any good or not, I, I can guarantee that the, the critique of it is going to be I predict schlocky. Yeah, I, fair enough. Yeah, that's a good prediction on brand. Um, so... Uh, uh, for... Spider-Man Two. Uh, I'm going to give the 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 rating for this is going to be out of the power of the sun in the palm of my hands. Um, <laughs> the power of the sun in the palm of my hand. So, out of five powers of the sun in the palm of my hands, what do you give Spider-Man Two? Well, uh, I give Spider-Man Two four and a half. Uh, out of the sun in power of the sun power of the sun in the palm of my hands and I also give it four and a half (laughs) power of the suns in the palm of my hand Um, I think that's pretty cut and dry Uh, we can't I can't really think of anything extra to say about two Uh, it's it's as close to a a good sequel yeah you know it's a solid sequel it's it's honest it's honestly I think it would be Lower in the list than some great sequels, yeah. But it'd be in that category of like uh, sequels that are not that don't have sequel itis. You know where it's mm-hmm. like it's you know it's not quite it's not going to be Empire, but yeah. or yeah. Aliens. Yeah, it's it's just in that conversation of great sequels. I completely agree. Lower. I'm if you're te- talking maybe top ten or twenty. Mm. It's in. It's just inside or just outside the top ten. Spider-Man Two is brilliant. And yeah, it's it's excellent. I just don't. Uh, Doesn't the, quite make the five. It's not. It's just. It's not a five. It's not a five star uh, film for me. Hmm. Um, I I I thought, I, I thought it's it's on par with one, but one just edges it. Yeah. Uh, I think is so. Yeah. And for Spider-Man three, uh, we'll do it out of out of five. Dig on this. Nice.
So, um, uh, what do you give Spider-Man 3, last in the trilogy, out of five dig on this is? Oh, this is the most difficult one. Yeah. This is the one that I wasn't sure about. Um... God. Oh. <laughs> I've never seen you so um so torn uh, about a, a rating. I've never and I've I have I've never I haven't been. You're you're almost a consummate professional when it comes to delivering your verdict because you've already thought about it for days. I, and and I've I've thought about this one but <laughs> I just it's I, coming to crunch time and uh, it's still uh, still tearing can I say, you apart. I know, uh, I know this is against the rules, but can I say I want to give it uh, four dig on this is out of five. What? But A four dig on this. But, but but what I'm going to give it is three and a half. Okay, but I want to give it four. So for the this is a this is this right, is a okay. an exclusive first time ever two reels thing. I I I'm I'm genuinely torn by my I want to I I, I just I, see I can see there there's there's a bit of tension between the the fan of the movies and the critic. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I I don't have that. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, you're right. For this movie, you're I don't spot have. on there. The the fanboy inside me wants to give it a four because of the love I have for this this trilogy yeah. and Tobey Maguire but um, the sort of realist in me uh, I, I, I have to it's going to have to be a three and a half for all the reasons we've said hmm. um, you know all the criticisms too, too many villains um, uh, you know too many uh, questionable um, decisions regarding uh, you know um, certain moments in the film um but it's not as bad as people think no so i think three and a half is fair for me and i'm going to give it um i'm gonna give it three dig on this just because um Gosh, man. it is that is that is that's here's the thing it's not me it's not me being harsh. It's it's more me thinking it's it's definitely better than say other films that we reviewed early on when the cinemas first reopened, like Black Widow, Shang Chi. It's like it's way better than those. Yeah, but it's not enough for me to give it even a three and a half four, which. A, a three and a half is probably about right. Yeah. But I've also gone a little bit lower. I understand. Because uh, there are f- movies out there that I'd probably give that a four and they, they are one point better than this. Yeah. And it, I've tried to kind of rein in my comic book movie, um, you know, fanboy uh, yeah. kind of goggles if yeah, you will yeah um which is has been easier of recent because of my comic book movie fatigue yeah so uh, you know i've 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 been e- it's been easier to to critique this you know with a level head yeah 
say if I'd done this maybe when we first started Two Reels a year ago, I feel like it probably would have gotten a little bit of a higher score because of that kind of... I'm 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 kind of waning on the, the genre. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to... If there's a great one that comes out, I'm not going to enjoy it because, you know, I'm still able to just enjoy... Mm. Uh, a comic book film if it's if it's just good you know but unfortunately there's been a lot of schlock and a lot of terrible um i'm looking at you shitternals um and it's it's just been a little bit easier yeah just to critique it as a as a movie not as a yeah. movie of my childhood that i i did enjoy at the time even for its bad points i was able to overlook it a little bit more when i was a lot younger when i was 16 or something um but yeah I have to give it I have to give it a th- three yeah I just have to give it a, a three yeah and I feel that's kind of as much as I can give it even when being harsh mm. so I think that's that's just about right for me mm. um and uh, we this will be the last time I say it but it's not as bad as you remember and it's not right. as bad as uh, the internet will have you um believe and bully Maguire memes will have you believe as yeah. well so yeah. <laughs> which is always you know it's definitely worth a rewatch and is something that will entertain you more than a lot of the current MCU stuff that's coming out in the cinema the series that's is true. a little bit better is a little bit different yeah I'm, I'm liking the series like Loki and WandaVision because they are different and they're a series like a short series and they're not a movie, you know, it, it's a little bit different. So uh, compared to the films that are coming out, totally a lot better than uh, Black Widow and Shang-Chi. In fact, probably both of them combined, you know, in terms of scores. Um, yeah, so I have to give it a three. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, um, as Uncle Ben says, with great power comes great responsibility. We have a responsibility to... Uh, give fair and uh, accurate um, ratings for 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 films, no matter how much we may have a sort of uh, warm and fuzzy feeling yeah, for them, secret soft spot for mm. them, um, and especially we both have one for this. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah, I know, it's, that, uh, yeah. and that's why yeah, that's why I, I I've elected to do uh, this the Raimi trilogy with you mm. for the for Spider Man month. Yeah, so and next up we got Amazing Spider-Man and, you know, I can tell you right now it's going to be a different podcast. Oh, yes. Um, uh, and then I believe it is, uh, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse is after that. And then uh, Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. Before we get on to Spider-Man No Way Home, which is going to be all four of us. Um, the first four-way... <laughs> two reels podcast yeah to 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 just absolutely dissect this yeah um i don't know this is probably one of the most hyped movies uh in in forever i i don't know if endgame and infinity war were very were very much of this ilk in terms of hype but because yeah. it is spider-man specific yeah. and potentially all three generations of Spider-Man. Yeah, potentially. It just opens such a 
such a Pandora's box of hype and just there is an aura about this movie which is just unmatched I think yeah I mean pretend like maybe since the first Spider-Man yeah the hype of, about that yeah probably this is probably the most hyped Spider-Man film since Spider-Man, Spider-Man. yeah <laughs> which is crazy and uh the nostalgia of having potentially the other Spider-Man in it, especially Toby. And that's probably Toby. why. Because, yeah. because Toby, Toby's coming back, allegedly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler. But, so, you know, we know for a fact that Willem Dafoe's returning as Goblin. And we know for a fact Alfred, Alfred Molina's returning as Doc Ock. We know for some reason Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro. <laughs> why, I've no idea. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. Um, but I guess if they're if they're if they're including, uh, well, we'll get to that on the eighteenth. It's, it's, it's odd, isn't it? It's, it's even it's odd. odd. It's it's um I I I get it. Multiverses, but at the same time, I don't get it. Um, because it because it's 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 establishing it's establishing two completely different um uh you know movie franchises as being canon when they but but just in different u- universes. Mm. Which, which I find odd. I get maybe doing one, like one, a, 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 one different universe. Yeah. But two different universes, and two different movie franchises, coming together. That can get complicated weird. and weird. Um, Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? But of course, listeners, as we know, um, and as I'm sure we all agree. Um, None of this matters anyway, uh, because there's only one Spider-Man, mate, and his name is Tobey Maguire. Whatever a spider pig does Spins a web No he can't Because he's a pig Look out It's the spider pig 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 